six years, people. Six years. And this wasn't the celebration I hoped it would be. Sometimes life just bends you over and fucks you from behind. Now, I wanted to share some amazing news with you all in a few weeks, but for the second time in less than a year, that news has been viciously and cruelly snatched away. In fact, it was a day that I should have been celebrating being your world champion for 100 days. <clears throat> so right now, my wife is broken and my family is suffering and in pain and that's going to take a lot of time to heal. Now, the beauty of pro wrestling is it's an escape for most fans. It's a place where you can go for a couple of hours and get out of your own head. And I get to sit down every week with my brothers in arms, Mike, Moses, Travis, I know you're coming back soon. The three of them have been rocks for me this past 12 months and for the past six years, I've had the pleasure of sitting down with the best faces in the business from my sensei, Kenny Killer, to former co-hosts, Evan McCabe, Roxy Toxic, to Belmont, Cookie, B-Rot, to some everlasting relationships that I could list as long as my arm with some incredible people in RWT, the Kingpin, the essential Robert Davis, my opponent in tonight's exhibition, Daniel Crimmins, Moni, Lynn, Teddy, Cypher, everybody. And of course, it all started with Phoenix, and I can't wait to make history with him one-on-one -on -one at Promomania. So, as horrific as this week has been, this is my one day of the week where I get to escape the shit world that we live in for two hours. So, let's have some fun. Welcome to the show. And thank you for six years of Max Wrestling. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. Welcome to the show, episode 315, the sixth anniversary of the Max Wrestling Podcast. This is your captain speaking, along with the podcast machine, Mike Larkin. And even though the times and clocks have changed, King Mode II will be joining us momentarily. First off, happy sixth anniversary, man. I've been a pleasure to be on this for four years, so I mean, six yeah. years in total, bro. You, it's been a long ride. You've been here for like, uh, what is it, 66%, no, wait, 75% of the show. Yes. And it feels like you've been here forever. Thank You're you. You're part man. of the furniture. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. Well I've, been, well, I've been carrying that furniture when I did move house back in 2018. When you and Phoenix did that show together, it was the first time that you and Phoenix, I think, did a show together in like a while. And then, you know, Mike's moving house. We'll see him next week. So, yes, that sticks out in my mind very vividly. And I've moved house while we've been doing this, too, recently. Yeah, man. Parallel lives, brother. Um, I, and Moses has got two monitors. He hasn't moved house. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> no, but moved monitors. Uh, well, coming up this week, after six years and two days of Max Wrestling, it's the captain's first non-special exhibition promo against Daniel Crimmins and a blast from the past as I replay my favorite old-school promo from the show. Plus, reactions to Fastlane, 
Kenny Omega looking to take over Impact, TakeOver takes shape and more. But first, um, it's probably everybody's least favourite segment of the week. It's We Watch WWE, so you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> we we definitely need a graphic all. for that. Oh, we do, but I got a lot to say when it comes to Raw, and especially fans <laughs> like that. I can't even, bro. Uh, on the whole, I didn't hate Fastlane. It wasn't a bad pay-per-view. I, I think the problem going into it was that it was just completely unnecessary. We didn't need another pay-per-view in March when we've now got less than three weeks before WrestleMania, which they now... Raw was 75% of I challenge you to a match at WrestleMania because they've left yep. it this late to book the friggin' show. Yeah, and I was talking with our fellow King... Uh, King Mo, and he was saying, Mike, you're being too nice. You know you thought the show sucked. And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I like some elements, but I, I'll be honest with Moses. I did fall asleep for, like, three of the matches. I think I first conked out for, oh, God, I know I was sleeping through Drew and Sheamus, and I slept through Seth and Nakamura, so I had to watch those over again. And I saw Seth one, which, of course, they're building to Cesaro. Drew and Sheamus was fucking great. You know what I'm saying? Like, just that was a great badass brawl, and it did not disappoint. I think the only thing that everybody really ridiculed and really kind of, like, went at was Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton but I'm like what the hell did you expect I I I was okay with it like me too but everybody was freaking out like all oh, the lights are coming down and they're doing the voodoo and the hoodoo I'm like it was to set up for the fiend where he's burnt it made sense to go back to the continuity of that and everybody was pissed because like oh we're going towards WrestleMania it's not like a Firefly Funhouse match it's just a normal match well life is a circle 2017 Orton beat Bray one-on-one -on -one for the title now the fiend is coming to Avenge that. Boom, here we are at WrestleMania. It's, it's like people are suddenly surprised that it's a supernatural storyline. Like, have you not been paying attention for the past two years? It's just people. <laughs> and they, they don't get it. And that's okay <laughs> if you don't get it. It's not for you to get, Teddy P. No, well, I, mean, I definitely like... didn't fall asleep for any of the matches at Fastlane. I think I was paying more attention because we had so many predictions. <laughs> oh, my God. And yes, First... Phoenix, I forgot to include you on the live tweets, but give me a break. There was 12 friggin' people predicting that's what I was going to say. First of all, Phoenix got hot at you because he's like, where yeah. are my predictions? And then I added his scores up and, you know, Ryan, Ryan still won. Anyway, congratulations, Ryan Taylor, first time predictions champion. Um, That's what I need to ask you. Who the hell is Ryan Taylor? Th this is one of Chad's boys, bringing him over to steal our belts. Can, can you do me a favor? Really? Does, <laughs> does he have to be on the show at Promo Mania, that son of a bitch? For fuck's are you, are you starting a rivalry with Chad? I will start a rivalry if he comes for the knowledge tile and I win it, that son of a bitch. I'm going to definitely start a rivalry with CJ in the building. Well, you know what? We may as well make the announcement now. Um, wait. We believe Alex and Ella will both be returning for Trivia Takeover to challenge knowledge champion. And Chad will be making his competitive debut as he joins the challengers team for Trivia Takeover for the knowledge championships. Champions Chase. I'm just saying that this mofo comes out of nowhere, and I love you, Chad, and I listen to bold <laughs> predictions when it's not early as the clock. When, here's the thing. I subscribe to bold subscri uh, the bold predictions on YouTube, right? Yes. And it has, like, when it's going to go live, and I'm like, all right, that's too early for me. I, I got to go to sleep. I'll watch it later. <laughs> but no, <laughs> and you know, with UK time, so it's one of those things where him and his boys do a great job, and I got to look at it from a stance, too. Chad, I love you, but for fuck's sake. That is for the thing. Just sake, put it Chad. on a T-shirt. For fuck's sake, Chad. How oh, can anything be too early for you? You don't sleep. No, but I, I need to sleep for work when I'm doing, like, <laughs> afternoon shifts, man. I got to get a nice balanced breakfast. I feel like freaking Sesame Street. Don't waste water, 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 water. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I am human at the end of the day, you know? I'm not like Vince McMahon who 
Jericho tells the story. Like Vince was on, uh, Vince was asleep on the Iraq tour, right? So they're in the fucking big ass jet. Jericho takes a picture of Vince sleeping, and Jericho goes to Vince. He goes, "Hey, I thought you never sleep." And then Vince just looks at him and goes, "Delete that right now." And that's what that's what Jericho talks about when Vince says he doesn't sleep. <laughs> Um, well, hot rumor coming out about The Fiend and Fastlane, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know what, I'm kind of buying into. And the rumor is that it's not the real Fiend, it's actually Bo Dallas. Ah, playing mind games, that mind control with the Randy. Um, and then the real Fiend is going to show up at WrestleMania. And once I heard that rumor, the more I look at the pictures of The Fiend at Fastlane, the more I thought it, it's a different build. You think what I was about to say? You think he lost some weight in his uh, time? He's gone? either lost some weight or it's somebody really small like Bo Dallas wearing padding. <laughs> I would be all right with that too because, well, I mean, we did have the fake cane with Luke Gallows in two thousand six. Oh, no thanks, that was horrible. But no, it's like, it's like I'm okay with if they do that, and it makes sense because you give Bo something to do. And here's the thing, Bo Dallas, people could say what they want with the Bo leave, and he's coming out in his whitey tighties. But it's one of those things. <laughs> It's one of those things where he's not a bad talent. Let us not forget he was the NXT champion. And you know you have heel heat as NXT champion when you have the NXT audience turn their back on you when you're coming out for your entrance, man. Yeah. Um, Like many people, was much better in NXT than he was on the main roster. Yeah. Poor Bob. Uh, I mean, he was better in NXT, but he he still had the same gimmick, which is crazy. Is why, why it's so weird, because he had the same gimmick in NXT that he had when he came to the main roster, but it didn't work on the main roster because they never really gave it a chance. Well, that was my issue, because if you remember, like, 2013, he eliminated Wade Barrett from the Royal Rumble, and then he looked like he was going to feud with Wade, and then they just put him back to, <laughs> to NXT. He's like, oh, he's not ready yet, and then he comes back with Bo Leaf. Yeah, they, they somehow managed to make him more of a joke on the main roster. Yeah, and then, of course, the social outcast. Yes. Which actually was a cool group. It was, but he really didn't get, like, big until, like, him and Curtis Axel were the B-team. Yeah, and and Curtis Axel, another one who just faded away into obscurity. Oh, my goodness. Well, he got released, so who knows what he's... I hear Jacksonville's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Put that. That's a new one for us. Yes, but I hear Jacksonville's nice. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, The Fiend obviously had a different look. He was more burned and people have been ridiculing that like what did you expect the guy got set on fire quote again quote set on fire that's what pisses me off man like people just don't understand or well that's hokey why are they doing that because the mofo got burnt and he's and it's like (laughs) hello you know what i'm saying so it has that new feel to it and it's cool and it's storytelling i mean i'll be honest with you i think we were talking about this last week i'm tired of seeing the black goo and you know just scaring him and everything like that in the fire but this had a lot more elements to it, and I like the fact that she dropped the lights from the sky. I thought that was a nice touch. Oh, that was cool. It was, and also the fact that Randy Orton's wife got pissed with that pinball, man. <laughs> yeah, the only person who wasn't pissed was Randy. I mean, hey, I'm gonna, you know who else was probably pissed? That son of a bitch, Ryan Cabrera, because Alexa Bliss was literally on the way down, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know what I'm saying? Don't forget Alexa's crazy stalker. That guy. All right. I'm surprised he hasn't <laughs> gone after Randy Orton already. Oh. <sighs> That friggin' guy and Sonya Deville stalker can both go fuck themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, what I did find funny on Raw was obviously the Fiend attacked Randy. 
and they um, they immediately said he's challenged him to WrestleMania, even though he didn't say anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you're going to make me laugh with this. They build it like he's going to put him on fire. RKO's him. Here comes Alexa. And then all of a sudden, Mandible Claw's sister Abigail points at the sign, there's some fire, WrestleMania. Sort of like what he did with Cena pointing at, at last year, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, he said nothing. He said nothing but but just the point, but the proverbial point. We, 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 can, we can accept that as a challenge, but the funniest thing was... That was the fastest graphic I've ever seen made. <laughs> yes, it was. That's very true. It's like, just add it to the card. The feed versus Randy Orton. I'm like, okay. I'm he he literally pointed to the sign 10 seconds ago, and you've already got a graphic for it. That's convenient. Oh, my God. It's, it's what they do because, dude, they had no clue what the fuck they were going to be doing. They just did it all in one night. Yeah. That's why everybody was pissed at the whole – and there was people pissed that Rhea Ripley just came out and challenged Asuka. I'm like, why are you pissed about this? It's something new. It's something different. Again, again they've left themselves so little time to build WrestleMania. that They're now rushing to finish the card. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were huffing and puffing because we assumed Charlotte was going to get the shot at Asuka – um, now there's two ways to look at this. Obviously the story is that she tested positive for COVID, which is, yep. you know, is probable, but it's also very convenient that it's the same day that her fiance finally got his release after previously being denied his release. Mm-hmm. And the well, rumor I saw was that she bargained with WWE to allow him to be released providing she didn't compete at WrestleMania. That's the thing, too, man, with Andrade. And I'm going to say this. Like, with him, like, if Zelina Vega, who's rumored to go to AEW, they could do something with her and him in AEW or something in regards to that, maybe someone proud and powerful. Like, there's a lot of people that want to see him go there, but I'm going to say right now, if he were to go, I don't. he's not going to go to Ring of Honor. I don't see him going to Ring of Honor. Uh, I, I could see him going to Impact. That would be pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, there's a lot of talent he could work with at Impact. So for me, if I was Andrade, I would go to Impact or AEW. Yeah, uh, and then people are going to complain that AEW signed another old WWE guy. Okay, here's the thing. Here's why I say Impact, and I think you'll like this reference. He would be what Alberto El Patron should have been, because if you remember, Alberto El Patron comes in. He's a babyface, wins the title immediately. He's trash-talking WWE. He's inviting Triple H and the Usos to his cantina because they've been insulting my baby. And you know what I'm saying, and doing what he does. Then he gets off TV for the thing with Paige, comes back as a heel, Fused with Austin Aries, eats the steak in front of him because that's how he rolls. Steaks and weights. Go, steaks and weights. And then he goes to the press conference, says, fuck this shit, I'm out. No, thanks. That's the end of Alberto El Patron. He would be what Alberto El Patron should have been. Yes, um, and Andrade is not a drug addict and doesn't abuse women. Correct. Mm-hmm. Fuck Alberto Del Patron. Fuck <laughs> that was so quick how you said that. Cabron. <laughs> Alberto El Cabron. Okay. So I can imagine how that ultimatum would have gone with Charlotte saying, look, he wants to go, let him go. What do you want? Well, okay, if we let him go, you miss WrestleMania. Ha, she'll never accept this. She, she won't miss WrestleMania. Fine. Wait, what? <laughs> that would, that's exactly spot on how it would be. <laughs> but from a stance, too, like she's, I mean, I'll be honest with you. What was funny is because we know how you feel about El Charlotte Rooney there. I feel you, the same way many people do, like... I'm not saying she's not talented. Personally, I've no. never been a huge fan, but she's just so overpushed, and they don't even hide the fact that they just hand her title shots. 
So it's interesting that you say like you were never a fan of her because I remember when she first debuted in NXT as a babyface, and it's like, oh, it's Ric Flair's daughter. She yeah. sucked, and then <laughs> once she like started I... wrestling Natalia, she got better. Go ahead. Yeah, when she was in NXT, I liked the fact that she was just Charlotte, and yeah. she tried to step away out of Ric Flair's shadow. Um, I I say I wasn't a huge fan. I liked her, but I didn't really think all that much. But then a few months onto the main roster, and they start calling her Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. So now it's all that work she did to kind of make a name for herself is being undone because you're throwing shades of daddy's gimmick onto her. Yeah, man. And it's the thing, too, like, when, what she did with the work, like, after she was the babyface, like, her, Summer Rae, and Sasha Banks were, like, a little trio, which was kind of funny. And then, like, she started getting into her rhythm as a heel and as the NXT Women's Champion. And like you said, when she came in with the PSP, PCB and that whole crap that they did with Team Bad and all that, like, she was Charlotte, but then we started going towards Charlotte Flair, and it's like, all right, we know what you're doing here. And then she kept winning and winning and winning the damn title. Let's uh, let's not forget the original name of PCB that they had to change because they realized it was the name of a porno. <laughs> Submission Sorority. Ah. <laughs> All right, you're going to put me there because the perv here with his adult stars. Yes, I'm aware of the film. Uh, is it any good? It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst. It's not like that. Okay, there was. I'm going to say this really quickly. I feel like Evan because Evan used to talk a lot of porn on this show. Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so there was this adult film where, uh, oh my God, what's this? I forgot the guy's name, but he <laughs> talking about on Brad Maddox. No, 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 not Brad. <laughs> no, not Brad Maddox. <laughs> no, there was a guy doing stand up comedy, and he was talking about this scene where it's pretty much like it's from a POV perspective, and the guy's like making eggs, and then the girl comes in, and he's like, oh, But I really want to go to the zoo, you know, I want you to sign my permission stuff. And she's like, Well, how bad do you want to go? And then it's like a BJ for like 15 minutes. I'm like, This is the wackiest fucking dumbass porn ever for POV. You want to go to the zoo? Okay, here it is. Giraffe, motherfucker. It's feeding time at the zoo. That it is. What was it? A petting zoo? Oh god. Ugh, okay. It's like it's like Tom Green, Freddy got fingered. Daddy, would you oh, like some man. No. <laughs> it's a horrible film. Freaking Tom Green. <laughs> Fucking shit. Right. Um like we said, Asuka is now facing Rhea Ripley, which is a great match. Um did they face an NXT? I don't think they did. I think they just missed each other. Never. Never, dude. Like when she left like, she was, um, Rhea was starting to get into, like, being in the Mae Young Classic the year after. So they just missed each other. Yeah. So first time ever. Um, hopefully Rhea Ripley can get some redemption from the bullshit lost last year, which, incidentally enough, was to Charlotte Flair. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's kind of poetic, actually, that Rhea Ripley has taken Charlotte's place. It all comes full circle, man. <laughs> Karma is the son of a bitch. Also, I got to say this because I got to get it out of my system, Dazzy. So, Naomi and Lana, a.k.a. Glow and Blow. Mm-hmm. So, they are both Florida girls. And as we all know, uh, WrestleMania's in Tampa. They are winning the tag titles in Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, fine. Uh, also, I'm still salty with the whole shit that happened with Dakota and Raquel. Yeah, me too. But also, here's what everybody else was like complaining about. Why are Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil, the, co- the, the, the host of WrestleMania, I'm like, they're in Tampa. Titus O'Neil's is from Tampa. Hulk Hogan, Tampa. Like, why is this, like, surprising to you guys? I mean, I it's, can understand Titus O'Neil, but, yeah. It's, it's just ironic. The, 
It's ironic right. because of all the controversy with Hogan and his yeah. comments. I know. Um, honestly, I think it would have been worse if they'd have put him with Big E. Oh, my God. That um, would have been horrible. Yeah. But I think Titus is more of a forgiving person. He seems okay with it. Um, it'll just be so awkward every time we see them on screen together. Well, and also you have to look at like Titus O'Neil is like one father of the year, and he's like a big ambassador now for WWE. And then you got Hulk, who's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so it's like what it is. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see. That's all I can say because I'm like when I first saw that, I'm like Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil, like really. And I'm like, okay, I mean, all right, I guess. And well, Titus O'Neil also brought my favorite line from last year with uh, the Firefly Funhouse match. I don't know what I just saw. <laughs> But um, what are the odds of Hulk Hogan becoming 24-7 champion? Oh, for God's sake. Let me tell you something, dude. 24-7, 365. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, train hard. Brother, 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 dude. Hulk Hogan, 24-7. <laughs> I won the hardcore title in the performance center, brother. Both wrong. Both wrong. <laughs> By the way, you know what it's like? It is like Hulk Hogan. And Muppets in space. Hulkster, what are you doing? I'm a bad guy now, dude. <laughs> That's what it is. Hulk Hogan and Muppets in space. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, the other challenge... Well, actually, there's two more challenges that we saw on Raw. Um, two weeks ago, The Miz was WWE champion. Oh, God. <laughs> two, just two weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. He held one of the most prestigious championships in all of pro wrestling. Now he's dressing in a rabbit suit, in a, in a bunny costume, uh, rapping with John Morrison, and he's about to face the rabbit guy at WrestleMania. Okay, I'll comment on this, because I'm not going to lie, I did laugh at Hey Hey Hop Hop. That did crack me up a little bit. But at the same time, in retrospect, of hindsight... Like you said, he was the WWE champion two weeks ago, and now he's going to be in a attraction match facing a celebrity in Bad Bunny. And I say celebrity very loosely because a lot of us didn't know who he is. But the only reason I was telling you this on Netflix, which will air, yo, with Bad Bunny, I like the fact that he's taking it seriously and that he actually wants to learn the business and wants to get in there. I can respect that. But at the same time, too, who the fuck is he? That that's that's my issue. I would have less of a problem with Bad Bunny because he he is enjoying himself and he's taking it seriously. I'd have less of a problem if WWE stopped making him out to be, you know, fucking Shirley Bassey. Look, I understand that he has lots of downloads on... Well, this is what our current generation of technology is about. You have a lot of downloads on Spotify. And I mean, I, I'm happy that he won a Grammy and all this stuff and the awards he's got. But I'm like, you're just big in the Latin American rap market. Like, a yeah. lot of us don't know who you are. He's, he's very famous in a small section of the world. He's... Nobody knows who he is in the UK. He's not in any charts in the UK. And apparently, well, by the sound of it, half the wrestling fan base don't know who he is. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. And, like, I'll say this right now, and she's one of my friends who I've had the pleasure of interviewing. Samantha Cole, who is a artist, right? Samantha Cole, Shaggy, Love Me, Love Me, Love Me, Sex Machine, which came out after Boombastic. So she was on that song. She's had her own album in the States as well. But we've talked about it on the show when I've had her on. Like, it's... She's big in, like, Asia and all the international markets. There are some artists that are very big in international markets, and it shows. That's a prime example. But it's like with Bad Bunny, too. It's like, you know, Bad Bunny, get that money. We're like, who the hell is this guy? And at the same time as well, WWE fans are just kind of like, eh, eh. 
I mean, like I said, it's a 50-50 scenario. It's a catch-22 where we have, yo, this guy's taking it seriously. It's great. You know, he's having fun. Awesome. But at the same time, it's like, again, who the fuck is he? And now he's taking on The Miz in a celebrity match where you had a guy who was a WWE champion, and The Miz has had prominent WrestleMania matches, and now he's taking on a rapper. Go ahead. You've also kind of saddled Damian Priest into this whole thing. Well, you know why they put him with him, because he's he's Hispanic. Yeah. But everybody assumed that it was going to lead to a tag match, which at least would have got Damian Priest a match at WrestleMania, but... Uh, no, it's one on one, and Damian Priest is in this corner. Same with Joe Mel. Good morning, Moses Marquez. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Hot topic: the Rabbit Guy versus the Miz. Bad Bunny, get that money. Well, I was thinking it was going to be that tag match, like right when you guys were. That's yeah. right when I jumped in. <laughs> but uh, I whatever. I I who cares? I don't give a shit. See. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you know, Bad Bunny, get that money is going over. Yeah, it's fine. Me too. I'm cool with it. But again, it's just whatever. Like like Moses so eloquently put it there. It's like Dwayne from Full House. Whatever. That's how we feel about it. And, and like we said, the problem isn't specifically with celebrity involvement. I love Stephen Amell's match. Um, well, which yeah, but one? people know no, who the fuck Stephen Amell is. Well, which one? The all-in one or the one with that SummerSlam? Well, both. Oh. Yeah, both. Um, I can. I would class the SummerSlam one as a celebrity match. Um, when it came to all in, he'd done a bit more wrestling before that. Yeah, he only, had, well, he only yeah. had one move. He only had one move in the SummerSlam when he did a dive off the top rope. That was it. Yeah, when you're, like, oh, when yeah, you're Arrow, you only need one move. Yes. There you go. <laughs> well, it's like when Snooki, and I know, I know Snooki oh, is a very... Oh, no. She had one move, and she did it fine. She did the handstand, the cheerleading, and that was, <laughs> that was it. That was uh, one of the key points is he is the rabbit guy. He's bringing in lots of merch sales. Is he really... Are people really buying his T-shirt more than any other, or are they just saying this? Because how well, are we could, supposed to know? Could be. As I said, we don't know. We don't know, though, but could be. Like, again, more than half of the wrestling audience I see still don't know who he is. So are people really buying his T-shirt more than Drew McIntyre or Rhea Ripley or Asuka or Bobby Lashley? Well, what about his line? I'll see you at promo. I'll see you at a uh, WrestleMania, bitch. No, no. I almost said promo mania there. I'll see you at <laughs> I was like, see, it's more better. <laughs> it is smaller. Yeah. That's another plus I give him. He he he's not a bad talker either. Um, he can speak English too. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Which um, I mean, we mentioned Andrade being released, and one of the big reasons apparently was his the language barrier. And yet, Mike, you're going to love this. And yet, the great Kali is going to the Hall of Fame. I hate that so fucking much. Okay, here I go. Here I go. So, great Kali comes in in 2006, right after the longest yard, attacks the freaking Undertaker, gets pushed to the moon, beats the Undertaker at Judgment Day 2006 with a kick to the face the whole nine. Then we got the Punjabi prison match. The son of a bitch has got liver enzyme problems. And then here comes the big slow to freaking get in the Punjabi prison match. And then we see him just up the wazoo with the Undertaker, last man standing. And you know it's bad when they have a last man standing match on SmackDown because your ass sucks so bad we're not even going to put this match on the pay-per-view. So then we move forward to 2007. He's facing Kane at WrestleMania 23, who's also going in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Yeah, much and then deserve facing, that one. 
much deserved, absolutely. And then he friggin' wrestles uh, John Cena for the title, and John Cena gets a great match out of the Great Khali. He has that feud. And then he's wrestling Batista, which I had the displeasure of being in attendance for because that was the drizzling shits. Then he loses the World Heavyweight title, and then he's friggin' just going against the Big Show, and he's just going against Triple H for the WWE title. Then he's faced the Khali Kiss Cam. I don't think that's a Hall of Fame-worthy career, but who the fuck am I? But yeah, it also gives eyes on India, so come back to India. Yeah, the graphic I saw... Um, kind of justifying why he's in the Hall of Fame was first Indian to be world champion in WWE, um, destroyed The Undertaker, <laughs> was literally a career achievement, um, and then defeated Undertaker. So two of his career highlights involved The Undertaker. Yeah. Um, you also said John Cena had a great match with him. It was okay. Well, he got a good match with him. I will take that because he was the shits, man. He had a friggin' match with him on Saturday night's main event, which Kali got the win with the tree slam, that double choke slam deal. And then friggin' like, he has a good match with him on pay-per-view, and I was shocked. Shocked, if you will, Dazzy, dangerously. Hey. Because John Cena got a little something-something out of him. I'll, I'll be honest. I was impressed by Kali when he first debuted, but I think that was down to how friggin' huge the guy was. Well, he had Davari, too. Davari was his talker. Well, yeah, um, and he was like the only person I ever saw who dwarfed the Undertaker. Yes. Yep. By the by the way, can we get Runjan Singh to induct him? The Great Kali says. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He is he is actually his dad, right? Well, I forgot what he was in the storyline, but no, I mean, well, he is also a former WWE creative team. No, he's not his dad. Yeah. 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 Great Kali's real name is Dalip Singh. Okay, Runjan Singh's not his real name, though. How is it not? No. I always heard he was his real dad. No. Because I always found it crazy that he was his real dad, but he was like half his size. (laughs) No, it was a guy on the creek. That's (laughs) awesome. Well, what are they doing now with Batista? So they're taking Batista out of the Hall of Fame, and we're going to get... Now, the rumor is that they're going to put Rob Van Dam in the Hall of Fame, which I'm happy with, but I'm also sad because then I got to see... Van Dam. Van Damme, but then I got to see the twerk machine on my TV. Do we have to? Let it, yeah, I'm down actually for that. Hell yeah, they would fucking twerk all over the Hall of Fame. Oh man, all all the old legends are gonna be sat front row, and she's just gonna be twerking in a bikini. Exactly. With exactly. Uh, graffiti all these gun. cats are gonna go home and pop a Viking. Uh, a fucking Viking. I agree. <sighs> I'm I'm actually uh, more intrigued whether Sabu is gonna be sober enough to induct him. <laughs> Yeah. Or Bill Alfonso. That's going to be a disaster. Bill Alfonso should do it, yeah. Just don't bring the fucking whistle. No. I hate that whistle. What do you mean? That was uh, annoying as shit. Oh, you know who they could have induct Rob Van Dam? One of his longtime rivals and one of my favorite feuds with Rob Van Dam. How about Jeff Hardy? You know who should really do it? Matt Riddle. Oh, that would be great. Oh, bro. <laughs> bro, RVD. 420, bro. Yep. Those two it. are going to be in the same building for the Hall of Fame. Yep. Somebody see, better it, open some windows. It's smoke. It's not a fire. <laughs> it's some fire, but it's not a fire. <laughs> and well, I mean, and I... Randy will be joining him. Oh, yes. Attaboy. <laughs> I will say this, though. The 2021 lineup, is, minus the great Kali, is looking good. We got Molly, we got Bischoff, and we got Kane. Yeah. Um Kane. Honestly, I don't really have any problems. Carly, yeah, you can question, but everybody knows who he is. Everybody remembers him. There is some significance to him going in. I bet you people know him more from the longest yard than they do from his. Oh, that was his career. greatest performance. Yes, it, it was. was. It was awesome. I pray. 
Apologize, apologize for breaking his nose. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the fact that they had to put captions on every one of his lines. Yes. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Raw! I'm going to take a piss. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but him and Bob said. Straight him off, you big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Just the chemistry with Bob said. He broke into my nose. Ah, it looks like a young Michael Jackson. I love little Michael. God. Great movie. Yes. Great, great movie. Um, all right, so we'll probably get more Hall of Fame inductees very soon. Apparently, it, they all be induct, um, announced on the bump these days. Oh, my God. What the I've, fuck is the bump? It's it, their show on the network. It's a morning show. It's look, like... They, look at here. I'm not going to wake up and watch fucking WWE bullshit news in the morning, okay? like It's like their version of Good Morning America. Or like Sports Center, yes, or Sports mm. Nation, or whatever. Like, okay, look here. Well, real sports matter. Okay, I don't <laughs> give a shit. Like, I'm gonna get all my wrestling news from Facebook anyway. And so, well, the only good thing about the bump is we did get Gregory Helms, Shane Helms, and Undertaker pretty much crying with the yeah. whole thing. How emotional those got. This this is what gets me with announcing the inductees on the bump. So, um, Hurricane surprised Molly Holly. Undertaker surprised Kane. If this is how they're going to keep announcing inductees, it's going to get to the point where a legend goes on a bump and they know they're going to get inducted. Yeah, and I mean, and Bischoff was all surprised. They're all surprised. But then if you keep doing it, it's like you're ruining the surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't give a shit. I'm guessing the bump's ratings are down. Well, who do we get for the celebrity wing this year? Nobody. Fuck the celebrity uh, wing. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. You, you, said, you said the ratings are down. And I just, I have to do this because I've left, like, three wrestling groups in, like, the past, like, two days, okay? What the hell happened? Why are you, why are you, why Okay, are you hold leaving? on. So, let me, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right, bro. So, every single one of these fucking groups, the the name has the words pro wrestling in it, yes. okay? okay? Pro wrestling discussion, pro wrestling whatever, and I forget the other one. So, each, every single one of them. Every time I go in there to like just say what's going on, they're just bashing AEW or New Japan or Impact, and I'm just like, "Have you motherfuckers even watched it?" And one dude, well, what were the ratings looking like? Shit, why would I watch it? I'm like, okay, because you know it's 1998, and you know they're making, they're getting nine million views, you know, a week, right? No, it's fucking 2021. They're barely scraping two million, bitch. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, stop stop fucking thinking you're high and mighty because you're WWE. Your fucking dude has been in business forever. He's fucking shaking more hands than fucking he's shaking his dick. You know what I mean? The the fact of the matter is, is you're talking, you, you keep downplaying a company that's been alive for two years. For two years on the backs of professional wrestlers and Tony Khan. A guy that knows jack shit about pro wrestling other than being a fucking tape trader, a gigantic fan. A mark, even, if you want to go that far. And I'm sure he would even accept that. Yeah. <laughs> but they just continue to bash it, and it's like, dude, this isn't this isn't the heyday anymore. WWE is not the it thing anymore. Look at the ratings for real. Like, do you just want to bash and bash and bash because it's not WWE? It's not ran by Vince. It doesn't have Triple H on the front of it. It's not when you realize what pro wrestling is, WWE is the furthest fucking thing from it. 
So in like every single one of those groups, I was like, look, dude, you got this is just just change your names to we are WWE marks because nobody's talking pro wrestling. It's not pro wrestling. You're a fucking mm. WWE dork. WWE will even admit themselves that they're not pro wrestling. No, exactly. Well, man, I'm sorry for interrupting you there, Mo, but I had to check on you, man, because you're a very angry young man these last few days, man, with your, <laughs> your group. Well, it's just, I just, because, you know what I mean? Like, you know me. Like, I don't mind having a back and forth. I don't mind people having their opinion and being strong about it. But when you continue to ban the circle of, well, then why is everybody's endgame WWE? Because I'm a professional wrestler, and I've been throwing my body around for about 15 years. I'd like to get really well paid for it. Mm-hmm. I mean... Can I blame them for that? Fuck no. Fuck no. But understand that what you're watching isn't pro fucking wrestling. Never in a million years has there been something as stupid as fucking fast lane considered pro fucking wrestling. We covered it. We, we, I, we, I was oh, talking. Oh, thank God. Well, we were talking. We, we, we well, were talking about the fact that you thought I was being too nice, and I said, "Well, I fell asleep through like three matches." That's not surprising it's, at it's all. Also, a very nice segue because we got one last thing to talk about from well, two things really from WWE, um, which is stupid. Um, oh, no. It's now official. We're getting Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania in a Shane probably jumps off something high match. Hell in a cell. Like, come on, bro. I get it. Your daddy owns the company. I don't, I'm fucking sick of watching you on WrestleMania, bud. Like, the first couple of times, all right, let's see this old motherfucker do some crazy shit. Now you're just, now you're in the way. Your match could be on the fucking pre show, bud. It wouldn't be so bad if the build wasn't so absolutely fucking awful. It's dog shit. Hot dog shit. Like, this whole rivalry is literally built on Shane Colin Braun stupid. It's the big That's show. It. 2000. That's it. He fucking called him stupid, and I, I fucking hate this. Well, hold on. He even quoted Forrest Gump. Like, for God's sake. Like, I, like could you be <laughs> any more obvious? Um, and the stupidest thing about it, I didn't think it could, it could get worse than Shane's stupid promos or brawn. But um, oh, they, oh my God. some asshole has now decided to add train sound effects to when Braun Strowman is running around the ring. I heard that. I heard that. Choo-choo. What the? F- it's, it's not. It's not even. He's a train. It's not even the fact that it's unbelievable. It's just fucking stupid. The train. It's fucking retarded. It's um, it's worse than when they added all these graphics, like when the Usos were cutting the promo about the Uso Penitentiary. They had jail cell doors on the screen. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that just looked like a fucking fifteen-year-old kid learned how to edit really well, <laughs> yeah. and he thought that was like the shit. <laughs> and that's um, fine. Check it out. We got Microsoft sound effect. Train, put it in. <laughs> put it in. Put it in. It's like DX were in the production truck again. Play the train. Play yeah, the train. Right. Play the train. Go Some to fucking geek was messing around on the computer and realized, oh, look at this fucking file. It's exactly the Windows files. And he goes to Vince, hey, Vince, what if I did this every time Braun, like, ran around? And he had already had, like, made a video for him. And he's like, that's fucking brilliant. I mean, next week we're going to get steam coming out of Braun's ears as he's running around and stuff. It better come out of his ass. <laughs> like, no, it better not come out of his ears. It better come out of his ass. Out of the caboose. 
I'd like to add on to what Moses Marquez also said because he said like when Shane came back and like he's taking on Taker Hell in a Cell, then he's going against AJ, and then him and Daniel Bryan are teaming against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Did he face anybody in 2019? I don't recall. Oh no, was that the Miz? That was the Miz. Yeah. And then last then last year, um, I don't know. No, he wasn't on. He wasn't wrestling. But yeah, now this then now he's going against Braun, and I'm like fuck. Because I, I, I go back to 2019, and I hated the best in the world thing, and because it just was horrible. It, it was supposed to be annoying, but still, I hated that whole thing in Jetta. It was, Jetta. To, it was to give Punk the middle finger. Yes, and also just Jetta. Goddamn monster. Jetta. I, I, Jetta. Think, I think when he first came back and they booked him against Taker, it was all nostalgia. Yes. But now it's just like, okay, Shane's old now. Yeah, like, can we stop having him go against Braun Strowman? We know what's going to happen. He's going to take a big fall or he's going to jump off something, then Braun's going to kill him. Boom. That's the end of the match. What type of match are we thinking? Hell in a Cell? Uh, last Man Standing. No, it is Last Man Standing last time. It's got to be a stupid stipulation that allows Shane to jump off something high. It's still That works. That way it keeps it keeps the dorks at bay. I you know, you know it would be great. Because Shane keeps running away as a strap match. Yeah. Oh yes. But it's got to. But it's got to be long go. enough. It's got to be a long ass strap for Shane to be able to jump off something high. Have you seen these <laughs> straps? They're about seven feet long. Fuck it. Yeah, nah, we we need at least a thirty feet one. Oh, thirty foot, so I can hide in the back. <laughs> I'll just follow this trail of leather. <laughs> Which way did he go? Which way? <laughs> That would be so fucked. Like, if you really want to ruin a guy, you would just start playing stupid sound effects like from fucking cartoon. Where did he go, George? Where did he go? Oh, I'm ready for a sound effect of Braun just looking for Shane backstage and then Shane just shows up going... (laughs) Okay, so I'm looking at the card here. So here's what we have so far, what they've announced. So night one on the 10th is Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Which should be an event. Yes, Lashley and Drew McIntyre and Bad Bunny and The Miz are on night one. Night two is Roman and Edge, Asuka and Rhea Ripley, and The Fiend and Randy Orton. And it says, unconfirmed, we don't know what night they're going to be. New Day against AJ Styles and Omos and Braun. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So is this not a fucking triple threat then? Well, that's just, well, they haven't announced it yet, but as of right now, it's still Roman and Edge. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're heading for. um, Because right now, I'm banking on Brian. And if you let me down, Brian, I'll kick you in the kneecaps. <laughs> I'll kick you in the kneecaps. Um, that was also a great match at Fastlane between Brian and Roman, um, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure it was Roman's longest singles match. It was 30 minutes bang yeah. on. Mm-hmm. It was the only other good thing on the on the show. Um, and then of course there was people who got carried away and thought Edge turned heel. Now he just snapped because he's pissed off. That doesn't mean he's a heel. Oh, no, he's heel. Segway for a second here, because before we get back to that heel, I'm sorry, this is in my mind. Speaking of turn, in my head, Riddle beats Ali. No more retribution. Oh, finally. Does that mean I get to see T-Bar and Mace without some stupid ass masks on? I, I can see them. The slap nuts get to go back to being whoever the fuck he is, because I've already forgot. Shane I don't give a shit. <laughs> so Shane he, Thorne and Mia Yim will probably go back to NXT, and I can see T Bar and jo- Dijakovic and Mace. Oh God, no! Keep, just keep him on the main. Keep ah. no Shane Thorne just leave him there because NXT is already filled with a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> God, how do you really feel? 
I fucking I'm really starting to hate WWE. That's how I feel. Like it's gotten to the point where I feel like, like even like this Kyle and 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 like not to jump to NXT already, but even the Kyle and Adam thing. I'm like, I'm I'm kind of I like it, but I'm still kind of like meh. Like it could have been done way better. Hmm. Could have made a star out of Kyle O'Reilly, but there's big strong carrying cross. So I guess whatever. Ooh. I don't mean to jump as well, but I'm going to say since NXT is also going to have two nights, the first night is Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez, um, the MSK against Grizzly Young Veterans and Legato Del Fantasma. I am looking forward to that one. Me too. The TBD, the Gauntlet Eliminator, to determine number one contender for the North American title, and Walter and Tommaso Ciampa for the UK titles. Yes. And night two is Gargano against the winner of the Gauntlet Eliminator, Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar in a ladder match, and Kyle O'Reilly... Yep, that's good. It's gonna be good two nights. Man. All right. Well, before we get into Wednesday, um, let's go to Tuesday first for Impact. But first, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. If you're watching on Facebook, like and share, and whatever podcast platform you may be listening to, don't forget to follow or subscribe right now and take it to the max every week. And make sure you visit our relaunched website, MaxWrestling.net, for all your Max Wrestling history, stats, and facts. Stats and facts, there's a whole lot of them with each and every championship, each and every exhibition with promos, each and every trivia challenge, predictions challenge. Go there and see what the fuck is up. And now, we're also available on TuneIn Radio. Download download the app right now on iPhone and Android. Tune in and take it to the max on the go. Wait a minute, when the hell did you find out we're on TuneIn Radio? Um, When I registered with them two days ago. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I didn't even know you registered. Very nice. Um, and now, before we get into Impact, as promised, here is my favorite ever old school promo from Max Wrestling's early days. It is the great Evan Money McCaber cutting a promo on Michael Cole because he stole Evan's mum's car. It's time for this week's podcast promo. This week it is Evan McCaber. And who are you going to be cutting on? Let's see, shall we? This might be the worst randomizer ever. Because <laughs> he's not actually a wrestler. Who have you got? I've got Michael Cole. <laughs> okay, let's find out the reason. Not that you need one. Ooh, Michael Cole stole your car. Oh my god. <laughs> All the best. <laughs> I can work with this, actually. Oh, this is going to be good. Oh, I'm so glad I won. I'm so glad we won. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Alright. You ready to start? Yeah, do it. Alright. Evan McCaber, pick up the mic. Fucking! Michael Cole! Michael Cole! Out of everyone, everyone in the whole world, Michael Cole steals a car that I bought for my dear mum. I feuded with yes men, I feuded with computers, retro computers, and yet Michael Cole decides to ruin my Christmas by stealing a car that I bought for my dear old mum. And just for the record, my mum, she's learning how to drive. Huh? You've literally stolen candy from an old woman. Mm. I hope you're proud of yourself, Michael Cole. You and the, the whole of your uh, coal train can suck on these nuts. 
because I don't want you on Sunday for a pay-per-view that this company wants to promote. I want you right here, right now, in the middle of this ring. And I will beat the seven shades of piss out of you because Evan McCabe is over as fuck. I don't know how we all managed to stifle it all back then. I'm clapping. I'm glad that was that was that was fucking great. Pipe on my ass. Um, and the, the... With fucking Evan McCabe was up taking laps. <laughs> that was actually pretty tame for Evan. Yes. Oh, was it really? <laughs> oh God, I gotta hear more of that because that was fucking great. Moses, I will send you the show that I did for shooting the breeze that Evan and I did. It was mostly talking about porn and wrestling, and it goes <laughs> in deep. Those are two of Evan's favorite things. Yes, and that's that's why <laughs> we got along talking about sex positivity, and it went there. We really went into it. Well, you know what it is, too? What's cool about that is people look at it like, oh, that's taboo. Why are you talking about that? Because it's a real-life shit. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about some stuff in a, in a tame way, you fuckers. Because everybody gets offended nowadays. Cancel this. Cancel this dick. There you e- go, Tim. Evan would love podcasting in 2021. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't what? Say shit. I can't say fuck shit. What? What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, he'd be going nuts. All yeah, right, we'll hit him, sure. the, that is one of many classics from Evan Money McCabe, the leader of Team Blood Red Money. And now, hold on tight as we brace for impact. Impact in three, two, one. So Diana Perazzo defeated Jazz after interference from Susan. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. Ace Austin versus TJP ends in a DQ as Madman Fulton attacks the challenger, but help came from a chair swinging Josh Alexander. Tommy Dreamer mocked the exploding barbed wire deathmatch as Trey Miguel got heated with Triple XL. Rohit Raju defeated Falabar, pulling the tights. Kenny Omega and Don Callis cut an in-ring promo showing off the one-winged angel and vowing to take the Impact World Championship. Trey defeated AC Romero before a two-on-one attack, which was bizarrely broken up by Sammy Callahan before he teleported his ass back out. And in the main event, Carl Anderson got a win over Eddie Edwards. There we go. Pretty simple, okay. straightforward, not a bad impact. Mike? Um, when you were talking about the shoe and, of course, Austin Powers, reminds me of two things I remember watching WWE in the mid-2000s. So when Jazz wrestled Trish Stratus... And how about Paul? I'm talking about Jazz. Jazz and Trish Stratus wrestled at Backlash 03 for the women's championship. Teddy Long threw his shoe at Trish Stratus and helped Jazz yeah. win the WWE Women's Championship. And at Unforgiven 2006, Melina threw her shoe at Jeff Hardy so Johnny Nitro can retain the Intercontinental Who Championship. Who throws a shoe? Honestly, yes. So we've seen that in professional wrestling. But dang, 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 man. Like the whole impact I thought was very, very I good. It was solid. Dang, dang, dang. Dang, dang, dang. Very solid. Shut up. It was very solid. And the fact that we saw Carl Anderson and Eddie Edwards in the main event, we got to see more with uh, Kenny Omega. And I also will say this. Of course, Sammy Callahan comes in and breaks it up and then teleports and goes away. It's almost (laughs) reminiscent to the Ken Shamrock thing because, remember, they were like unholy partners. It's almost similar to that. Like, he's going to help Trey. There's only one person that can get involved with Trey or, you know, face Trey. It's me. It's Sammy Callahan. I see you. I see you. I uh, I think I missed why Trey Miguel's pissed off with Triple XL though. I missed that too, man, and I didn't give two squirts a piss about it <laughs> because just, you know, 
All of a sudden, Trey Miguel is just blowing a gasket and he wants to fight AC Romero. I'm like, wait, what happened? What did they miss? I can't take it serious. I'm like, oh, mini Cody's having a blow up. Oh, he's having a blow up every week. Um, <laughs> very <clears throat> man. I did love Tommy Dreamer taking a shot at AEW. How about we have an exploding barbed wire match? Wait, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, of course it's stupid. It's not going to work. That's so fucking dumb. <laughs> oh, the ad. The ad. The paid ad featuring Kenny Omega and Don Callis this week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're not even paying us for this. We're walking out of here. And Tony's like, I pay you every week. It's just <laughs> fucking great. They all, like we've said, they're such good sports about it. They really are. Yeah. Um, and of course, it, it continues on from Tony um, kind of cutting a promo on Dark. Like Kenny Omega, sort of, they're slowly bringing him into the fold as an on-screen personnel. I hate it. I mean, I like um, his persona when he does these paid ads. If he can do that on Dynamite, I'd be cool with it. Well, because I don't want to hear, Next week, man, you're going to go nine days. <laughs> like a frantic friggin' preteen girl at a friggin' Ronnie Matthews concert on A. Arnold. I saw your face and wow. Like, goddamn, son, calm it down. I, I suppose it's different doing yeah. a pre-recorded ad as opposed to doing a live promo in front of a crowd. True, but still, like he came off like a friggin' schoolgirl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, and uh, like we said, Kenny Omega being positioned better in Impact than he is in AEW. Um, Rebellion coming up. We got Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan. Um, but Moose commented on Twitter saying, "We all know who the real god of pro wrestling is," and I'm like, "Shut up! You lost." <laughs> Shut up! You lost. <laughs> You're out of the picture. Go away. Out of the picture. I mean, he should have won. Honestly, I think the whole build for like 12 months towards Moose should have resulted in him being a real world champion, and it all seems like a waste because he lost, but okay. Well, they did that when he should have beat Austin Aries in 2019, but we can't have nice things. Oh, everybody should have beat Austin Aries with a stick. Uh, mm -hmm. I hate him. With a stick. With a stick. I mean, there's only two matches announced for um, Rebellion right now, right? Rich and um, Kenny Omega and Finjuice and the Good Brothers, right? Yes. Okay. Um, well, Tommy Dreamer tried to book Trey in a match at Hardcore Justice, and Trey was like, with all due respect, I don't give a shit about Hardcore Justice. Jesus! That's right! <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, with all due respect, we don't either, because why would you book... If you're Impact, why would you book a pay-per-view the same night as WrestleMania Night 1? Because they're dumbasses? Dumb I mean, it's, it's not even a real pay-per-view. It's a, a, an Impact Plus special. Well, it was a real pay-per-view when they had EV 2.0 and all that, but then... It then was. Just, it ain't yeah, now. It was. It ain't now. <laughs> Much like half of their pay-per-views. No. Ugh. This company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Hold on. Let me look at this. Hardcore justice. Really quickly. <laughs> do, we, um, do we have anything booked for it? No, it just says TV. I don't see nothing. I don't see diddly squat. You know what I'm saying, man? If I see it, I'll let you know. Yeah, well, again, they've just randomly decided to add another special without much time to book the damn thing. Yeah. Uh, all I know is it'll be served on Impact Plus. That's all. I, <laughs> that's all we know. Well, now we're going to have some fun because it's time for our new favorite segment, and it is Shit Mark Say. It's still real to me, damn it! 
Okay, number one of three this week. By the way, if you want to see more, make sure you follow Max Wrestling on Facebook because there's a few posters on there too. But number one this week, nothing new. I assume he means nothing new. Roman can defend the title by himself. The worst champion we ever have. Bring Brock back. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Uh, I assume, what grade school this I, I assume he also meant Roman can't defend the title by himself. But Next one. Oh, this one's good. Daniel Bryan made the tribal sissy tap out Edge is a selfish little punk. Again, the tribal sissy had to have help to win and tapped out on top of it. A tribal sissy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> People were very angry at the fact that Roman Reigns tapped out while um, there was no referee and that um, he basically cheated to win because he had Jey Uso again. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet these people loved Roman when he was a face. <clears throat> okay, number yeah. number three. Daniel Ryan had the match won. If it was not for Edge being a selfish, inconsiderate prick, Daniel Bryan could have won the match. You prick! It, 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 this is still real to him, damn it. It's still real to me. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people were very angry with the Fastlane main event. Uh, when I say a lot of people, a lot of marks. We're very. I knew unhappy. this was. I mean, it was like we knew something was gonna happen. You're not gonna have Edge ringside for no butt fucking reason. Like he was gonna do something. Yeah. It's like whatever, dude. Get over it. It was a good match. It was a really good match. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was. It was very good. The problem is people just got to shit on everything. And I mean, the problem is too. You got people like that who just you know illiterate sons of bitches that don't understand shiznit. And like before Moses Marquez, you came on the call. We were talking about these sons of bitches that don't understand and we're crapping on Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton and the way the fiend looked. I'm like, what the fuck did you expect? <laughs> Dude, first off, that fucking is like the worst looking mask I've probably ever fucking seen in my life. It reminded me of what the fuck. Uh, it was like Chucky, because like yeah. Chucky got melted in that one thing. Yeah. But um, are you ready for this? Look mm-hmm. at the face of the fiend, right? Yeah. And then I want you to perfectly in picture right next to it, the leprechaun. <laughs> okay. All right. I can see that. Looks just like the fucking leprechaun, dude. When I saw that, I fucking was like, there he is. He got huge. <laughs> and then and then to make matters worse, uh, Randy Orton is the luckiest man on earth. Oh, yeah. Because he was yeah. then mounted yes, by Alexa Bliss. Mm. Somebody who's supposed to be per- apparently playing like a 11 or 12-year-old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weird. He uh, he also said, um, because obviously his wife wasn't happy on Twitter, uh, somebody, sh- uh, Soldier Boy, should tell her it's fake. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. I'm actually going to put an image for you guys here because Moses Marquez, as you so eloquently said it, she is portraying like an 11 or 12 year old acting very innocent and childlike, right? So here's where the influence comes from. And I'm so glad she mentioned this in the uh, in her interview that she did. So the inspiration for her little thing and what she's wearing and the overall attire is of a show that I used to watch as a child, played by a Canadian actress, Lunette the Clown in The Big Comfy Couch. Ah. Have you guys ever heard of The Big Comfy Couch? I used to watch that show. Did you say Lunette the Clown? Lunette. Oh, Lunette. 
Okay, I'm sending an image. Here's her with her doll Molly on the big comfy couch. Take a look, guys, in the group chat. Uh, I can kind of see it. Yeah. That's where Aladdin is. Yeah, that's exactly what I knew. Yep. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking it was more of like a twisted Harley Quinn, but I could dig that. Yeah. I mean, that show when I was a kid, we had the, 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 the they taught us about time and the big clock and everything. We had yeah. the dust bunnies under the couch. Yep. I remember all this. Yes. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, we have somebody's attention. It's been 126 days since the demoness went into isolation. Two isolation. Months, two months ago, the kingpin made his return to call her out for promo mania. We've seen the human in which the demoness lies, and we've seen the mind games played with the kingpin. But now, she has been unleashed, and she's ready for promo mania. you bleed without even touching you. I have your blood on my hands. <laughs> you made a mistake, Kingpin, thinking you could save her. No one saves a Nicola. She's gone. Mortals, take this as a warning. Embrace the madness. Embrace the darkness. Every one of you will die. The Black Hearts will rise. <laughs> the 
Well, there's no going back now. The longest reigning former promo champion, the Demoness, is awake and coming straight for the Kingpin at Promomania 6. I think, I think this has been the most intense build-up we've ever seen on Max Wrestling. Absolutely. But we're almost at the finish line. Promomania 6 is now two weeks away. The biggest Max two Wrestling weeks. show of the year. It comes your way April 8th on Facebook, YouTube, and all podcast platforms, including TuneIn Radio. The pre-launch show will kick things off on April 6th as Chris Durham, Cypher, Moses, and Travis Anderson compete for the 2021 Iron Bank contract. Guaranteeing the winner a shot at either the Knowledge or Promo Champion anytime they choose until Promo Mania 7. Speaking of Travis, he then turns into Travis the Walker Anderson as he goes one-on-one -on -one with the essential Robert Davis for the first time ever in a promo exhibition. The main show arrives on April 8th as we present the 6th annual Promomania with more action than you can shake a stick at. It was a bumpy road but Moses and Moni Lynn will square off in a promo exhibition once the bout is over. They will both be awarded with championship matches at Trivia Takeover on June 24th. The Phoenix is walking in with two belts but can he walk out with both as he defends the Knowledge Championship against Daniel Crimmins in DC's first ever Trivia Battle. And the winner will later have to defend against Mike as he cashes in the 2020 Iron Bank contract. Looking to become the second, third time knowledge champion. Yes, well, you're already the longest reigning single, single and combined. <laughs> True, but I also look at it from a stance. It would be nice to have the three times. I could be, yeah. what was Shayna when she was that? What was she like, Shayna three times? Or she wanted to be Shayna three times when she was going for the belt, the NXT belt? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix is also only a couple of days away from tying Kenny for second most combined days as Knowledge Champion. And hey man, there's only one title I haven't won yet, so man, I may be down the line for the world title. <laughs> we shall see. The Phoenix is also defending his promo championship in the unique cinematic showdown against the world champion, The Shape. It is winner take all, and I can guarantee it'll be unlike anything you've ever seen on Max Rossum before. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how I can promote this anymore. Everything has high stakes. It all goes down on April 6th and April oh. 8th. Moses and Moni Lynn, man. I talked about he it. He did that. I talked about did it. Did you? Yeah. He said it was sure? going to be road, and then we going to get, you know, get title matches. Oh, I didn't even hear that. And, and sorry, then he's going to call his lawyer. I'm a goddamn lawyer. My apologies, I thought I thought you forgot well, Moses. Minus Mike. That way I can ensure my new title. Well, minus Mike. So everybody except Mrs. Riley. Do we have everybody's attention now? Hey, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up! Um, before we get to Promomania, there's time for one more exhibition. Daniel Crimmins made the challenge and your world champion, the captain, graciously obliged. Is the captain's world too big? for the DC Universe. Time to find out. Six years. Six years. It's crazy to think how much can change in six years. 
We've changed time and time and time again on Max Wrestling. But I don't think there's any question that our biggest change was last year. And Dan, there's a reason that I'm very happy you called me out to a promo exhibition. And it has to do with last year, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Because, like I said, we went through our biggest change last year. A change which, if you look at our fifth anniversary, you wouldn't even recognize this show. And you see, while we moved on and decided to mature, the other guy just can't keep us out of his mouth. The other guy just insists on talking shit about us on whatever the hell his podcast is called this week. But you see, we... We changed. We evolved. We decided that some things are best left in the past. And... Honestly, the best way to leave things in the past is to simply shed who you used to be. Because when you shed your skin, you can truly move on. dramatic. I just really needed a haircut. But the point still stands that we have all changed. Ever since June of last year, we've all changed. And I said I was glad that you challenged me to an exhibition, Dan, because when shit hit the fan last year and I almost walked out the door, I wasn't surprised that Mike and Travis and Moses stepped up, but you stepped up. You showed me respect and loyalty, and you have done so ever since. That was the day I knew that Daniel Crimmins was a team player. And look at you. Look at what you have done since then. You reignited your passion for promos. Hell, you're about to face a phoenix for the Knowledge Championship. And all because you changed. And each time we have these anniversary shows, I look at how much we've changed. I look at Daniel Crimmins in 2021, and I look at Daniel Crimmins in 2018, and I see a different person. Now you've heard it all before. Everybody you face will always comment on the fact that your only victory is against Moni Lin. Obviously, we know this, but honestly, I couldn't give two shits about win-loss records. It took Moses four attempts to become promo champion. It took Phoenix over two years with two wins under his belt. Travis is a former promo champion. Last year, he couldn't even get a win to save his life. I know passion when I see it. And you, Daniel Crimmins, have it. So as I remember the day you endorsed me, 
I want you to remember this as the day that I endorsed you. And I should know. Because the world is mine. has come for you and I to have our bout and settle a few things. Or maybe it's the shape or the jester or whoever it is that you have decided to unleash. You know, they say that the eyes are a gateway into the soul and that by looking into someone's eyes, you can see who they truly are. It's very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Now that raises the question. Now, what do I see? What do I see when I look into your eyes? Good question. And I'm glad you asked that. Now... When I look into your eyes, I see someone who seeks validation. I seek someone who is so desperate for approval that they aren't even aware of the people that they let in to their inner circle. It's my experience in life that most people are self-serving snakes. Now, what do you do when a snake comes slithering into your home? Do you invite it in? Let it slither amongst your family? Or do you take that out and get rid of it? You definitely do not allow that snake to remain in your household. You see, the reason that is, is because eventually a snake is going to bite. It's going to strike. Can't help it. It's in its nature. Unfortunately, these lessons must be learned the hard way. And they say that if you do not listen, if you do not learn from history's mistakes, that you are doomed to repeat those mistakes over and over and over again. Now let's go into your history. What happened with the last snake that you invited 
into your domain, into your household. Did you get rid of it and cast it aside? No. No, you did not. No matter how many times that snake bit you, you continued to let it in and to remain. It took multiple times before that lesson got learned. Now, one would think that you would have learned that. You would have learned your mistake and been a little bit more careful. But no. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. You invited snakes into your house. What would make you think such an idea is wise? Thinking maybe they're different. Maybe they won't do the same thing that the last one did. Hmm. Now I want you to take a look at something. I want you to understand. You see, when a snake bites somebody, a venomous snake, what does it do? It injects the person or animal with its venom. That venom slowly corrupting the nervous system and all other organ systems of the body. So eventually, there is nothing left. You see, you need to realize, whether you do or not, that you have been corrupted. You have made decisions within the past year that this time last year, I wouldn't have expected you to make. And where did it start? That's subjective. Maybe it started with the last snake that you finally expelled out. Or, quite possibly, that decision had to do a promo series. One of the most controversial decisions that you could have made. Did you make the right one? I'm sure there are people that would say you did. But that's subjective once again. You see, what you did was you handed it to somebody who maybe shouldn't have been the one. Were there other things you could have done with it? Absolutely. But again, all subjective. Was I surprised that that was a decision? No. I knew going in that there was going to be some nonsense going on. And still, I wasn't surprised. 
you need to realize that you have been corrupted by a self-righteous, self-serving snake and his little stooge. And I will no longer have a part of it. I don't want it. I don't need it. You see, I've gone back and forth over what to do. Do I remain? Do I continue doing this and trying to have fun? No. No, I don't. It all started when I got booked for something that I did not volunteer for. When I came out of retirement after my personal issues, I had a clear goal in mind. I had a vision, a roadmap, if you will, that I wanted to achieve. And I have accomplished everything that I have set out to do. There's nothing left. I've never been one to take this too seriously. It's always been fun. It's always been something to do to pass time. There will be no further promos from me. Not even the ones I get volunteered for. I've had my fun. I've done my thing. I had a lot of fun. And you were always going to be the last one. So in closing, how does one close a final promo? I simply cannot decide. They say that if you don't know the words to end a story, why not use a quote? Why not use somebody else's words and make it sound good? So, in closing, I have these short, simple words that I think say it all. Goodbye and good night. <clears throat> the thing with these promos is we usually don't get to see what the other person says until the show goes live. So imagine my surprise last week, after I sit on that very couch over there and sing your praises, talk about how loyal you've become and your passion for the promo order. Imagine my surprise when you come out and accuse me of being corrupted and have the audacity to compare my brothers to that selfish piece of shit we kicked to the curb last yacht last year. And I actually thought you called me out to a promo exhibition out of respect. Turns out, you just wanted to shoot. And then ride off into the sunset. And it all goes back to promo series. Really? We're still hung up on the fact that Moses became the promo champion four months ago? Look, I get it. Everybody loves the demoness. I do too, and she knows it. She's the longest reigning promo champion 
and has five defenses to her name. Both of those records will probably never be broken. What more do you want? Bottom line is, I didn't hand Moses a damn thing. Ooh, looky here. They were tied on Facebook votes. And Moses won the Twitter vote. And she was taking time off. If she wasn't going anywhere, they probably would have done it one more time. But I'm sure everybody would have had a problem with that because Moses had plenty of title shots last year. Title shots, which he earned, by the way, through tournaments, by the way, two of which you were a judge for, by the way. Nobody had a problem when I stripped Phoenix of the knowledge title on the same damn show because he didn't make it. You know what he did? He showed up two days later and tried to win it back. If the demoness didn't have a problem with Moses taking the title, why does everybody else? And as for Travis, he was absolutely right. There was bias against him all year long last year. So it seems to me there's unfinished business. And you say that was your last promo? But you opened the gateway. So here's what I'm proposing. Reconsider. Have one last match at Trivia Takeover. Moses already has a promo title shot, and I'm sure that's going to piss one or two people off. So how about you finally go one-on-one -on -one with Travis? No tag match, no stipulations, mano and mano. So you can finally settle your differences. Now, here's how it's really done. Goodbye. And good night. This is the pretty badass Kelly Klein telling you to turn it to 11 and take it to the mat. Hey, this is the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy. Welcome to the madhouse. And now for the Wednesday Night War Zone, we kicked off AEW with Kenny by God Omega. Uh, defeating oh Matt Sydal. I actually kind of love that. First off, we're speaking. We're talking about this. I have to bring up uh, the whole like. Cause I remember Travis would ask every week, like, why do they keep yelling North Carolina? Well, this week it was fucking glorious because he was talking about how fucking Kenny won the junior heavyweight title, not in North Carolina, and I fucking died. Okay. It was just like the greatest <laughs> part of the intro ever. I mean, nobody. It was subtle as shit to everybody else. It probably went right over their heads. I heard it. I died. Uh, Great fucking match, by the way. Yeah. Um, pre pretty pretty good time for him, too. Nice showing from Matt Seidel. Uh, no slip-ups this time. <laughs> no. He looked great. Like, I mean, this is one of those matches where Matt Seidel finally looked really, really good. Looked like he's finally come into his own in AEW. And then, of course, when you go against Kenny, he's going to bring the best out in you. Oh. I heard a lot of people... A lot of people mad that Matt Seidel didn't win. Oh, you don't, what you fucking, you why can't a world champion lose? And do, 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 do. Like, dude, have you never booked a world champion? You don't know shit. Like, th this is what it is, bro. I give this motherfucker everything. But because he's also the heel world champion, fuck you, I'm going to win. Yeah. Uh, I also love the fact that they had Don Callis on commentary. And every time you referred to Matt Seidel as a young guy, 
they just can't point. You know, he's actually older than Kenny Omega, right? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> hilarious. I'm the third eye man. I mean, the brown eye guy. I mean, the what? Anyway, the, the, the dinks with his brown eye. I mean, his third eye. His whispering eye. There you go. The whisper eye. <laughs> it's vagina. It means vagina. It means vagina. So this guy's got a. This young kid's got a bright future ahead of him. He's 38. <laughs> I hate it's it when they do great. that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. Uh, well, given that, Seidel does not look no 38. No. He does not. Um, considering the fact that we did see him in WWE like 10 years ago. And yep, he's, there, boom. he's only a year older than Kenny Omega. Omega's 37. Wow. Well, Don Callis is an asshole, so. <laughs> oh, boy. And then, um, nice showing for Hangman Adam Page, too. Got a win over Caesar Bononi. Caesar Bononi? Why did Caesar just not even attempt to bump? He was just like, I'm going to eat your lariat and die. Because that's how Caesar rolls. And he's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, I'm, no, not, I'm want... not too familiar with him. Like, how green is he? How experienced is he? Well, when we when he was in NXT, he was greener than shit. Yes, he was. And now that he's in AEW, uh, he, he's, uh, he, he's, as, he's, 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 he's green as, sh- as shit. He's not greener than shit. He's, you know, he's just as green as shit. I get so, you. <laughs> might get me, you know. So it, I mean, he's whatever. He'll he'll get there. Look at fucking uh, look at Kanji. Yes, but she's a fast learner. Well, okay. So <laughs> I like his comparison there. So when he was talking about Tenara Conti from a uh, you know May Young Classic, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, like she's like you said, she's a fast learner. She's gonna get it. She'll be very very good. The thing with Caesar Bononi is. He was the shits. He was the shits in uh, NXT, and he comes to AEW, <laughs> still the shits. And you put him with fucking Peter Avalon. That's right. I was just, I was wondering. I was like, why do you look like a giant Peter Avalon? Because they put him with Peter Avalon. That's right. Like, I, I did. I forgot. The fucking, I hate him. You know what it is too? He goes from being the drizzling shits and enhancement talent in NXT to being fucking Peter Avalon's muscle. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Oh, boy. Let the kid get a try. Here's the thing. When it comes to Peter Avalon, I always say this thing. Like, we said it's still real to me, damn it. You're still Nor Furnham to me, damn it. Look, dude, Peter Avalon is a staple of goddamn California indie wrestling, okay? Okay, I understand that, but still. They you, have... you're, over, you're over here, you want to defend your, your New Jersey, you guys? First New of all, Jersey. I would never defend the human cesspool that is New Jersey. I only defend New York, goddamn it. Okay, fine, New York. You're fucking hey, hey, you're getting your grind to him, a grind to okay? Yes. S- say it like say it like Don Carlos, Mike. New by God York. New by God York. <laughs> Kenny by God Omega. Oh my God. Reminds me of Jamie by God Noble. You know who used no. to say that fucking Josh Matthews with his Backstreet Boys haircut with Ernest the Cat Miller on Velocity? <laughs> Jamie by God Noble. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Josh. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Josh. Oh. I still remember when friggin' Josh Matthews was getting felt up by Sable on that SmackDown in 2003, and then she's feeling up on Zach Gowan, Out of My Way. How apropos that song by Seether was his theme song. Because out of his way, his hormones were raging. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Let's move on. Shivani uh, interviewed Britt Baker. Uh, well, she tried to before she very quickly tried. took the mic. Uh, she didn't receive a very warm welcome from the crowd. For the hell she went through last week. Shame on you, crowd. Right. Right. You for shame. 
Um, somehow, I don't know. I don't know how much further they can go. She doesn't seem to be finished with uh, Thunder Rosa. Oh, they can go. What? What more can they do to each other? They ripped each other to shreds last week. And I will say this. Okay, this is the one time I agree with Cornette. And I, here's where before everybody chastises me. Whoa! Like, I yes. almost choked on my water. Well, let me just say it. So when Britt Baker and I love the backstage um, thing after the show, everybody was giving them the praise that they deserved. And, you know, they were both feeling it after that match. And they were very proud of what they accomplished. But when Britt Baker's like, it's the reason why I do this. I was hoping Meltzer gives me five stars. And I'm like, all right, you, you kind of ruined it for me a little bit there. You know, like, really? Like, what you're worrying about is if Meltzer gives you a five star rating. Are you fucking serious? That's the only thing that yeah. kind of put down. Play on Everybody knows the highest you're gonna get is four point seven unless you're in a Tokyo Dome. Just, uh, I hate it. And I know <laughs> that's, that's not your, true. <laughs> and I know that's your boy Moses Marquez. But gotta say that stuff just. Um, no, no, but yeah, but Dave is—he's an idiot about stuff sometimes. Not <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, no, that's no. I'll go with that. He's an idiot about some stuff sometimes. Oh, speaking of idiots, I forgot to say Ryan Satin. Oh God. Um, who's so far up? Bad Bunny's ass, he can taste Easter eggs. Um, nice. Tweeted out, uh, he went to get his beard trimmed, and he mentioned that he reports on WWE, and his barber said, isn't Bad Bunny in WWE now? He he made me want to watch again. So, that's bullshit, because, <laughs> first of all, he had to ask if Bad Bunny was in WWE, and then he said he made him want to watch it again. I was going to just say the same fucking <laughs> Oh, God, just Ryan. stop, Ryan. Go back to TMZ. I, like, uh, I hate Ryan Satin. I hate him. Andre Corbeil hates Ryan Satin, and he'll when he listens to this, he'll laugh when he hears that. But yeah, everybody, just Ryan Satin's one of those guys who Mark works for TMZ, then comes to WWE because he's an ass kisser and freaking gets the position that he's in with backstage or whatever. And I've always said this every time that WWE would have those conference calls I would listen to that would be on a lot of the sites. Every time I would hear Ryan Satin's name be on there because the operator would go, our next call is from Ryan Satin from Pro Wrestling <laughs> And I'm like, no. Like, I had to mute the mic. Our next call is from Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer. Like, and I'm like, no, I, I, I had to mute the mic twice, man. Mute it twice. And then we have friggin' The Impact who will just let any by God person on the damn call from friggin' Marks R Us. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, look, listening to those conference calls are like night and day. And wow. of course, you get the Indian guy asking about uh, their, when they come back to India. But it's like, <laughs> when they come back to India, do Mansu going to go over? Mansoor become India world champion? Oh my god. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god. It's just, it is what it is. You thought it was fucking Mansoor going to Jeddah, for God's sake. Hell yeah. Our next call is from CM Punk. Turn it to 11. (laughs) 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 But that's the difference, because they don't screen them with the impact one. They just let any old son of a bitch come on the call. And then all of a sudden, you get the the operator and Adam Hopkins, who's in publicity, you know, taking the calls. And and Adam will be like, we have uh, five minutes remaining, and then we'll be done. And then friggin' the... (laughs) She's like, our next call is from such and such from such and such. And it was like so pleasant in her voice. But yeah, every time I would hear, and our next call is from Ryan Satin, a pro wrestling sheet. <laughs> fuck the fuck off. The ultimate yes man. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, backstage, Christian Cage announced his in-ring debut next week and picked Kazarian as his opponent. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I- I'm sorry for doing that, but ooh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> when he was Our next call is from Mike Larkin. <laughs> right. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Pick me. 
Okay, so when they wrestled in that ladder match from Genesis from TNA, that was one of the best matches in Christian's early days in TNA. I cannot wait for this. Yeah. Um, Kazarian had an issue with Christian's T-shirt, which says, Outwork Everyone. Well, like, when, when does the work begin? Well, it begins next week. Right. There you oh. go. Okay, how are we how are we feeling still on the pinnacle name? I'm okay. I don't like it. You still don't like it, okay. <laughs> well, it's a fucking mountain. It's a goddamn mountain logo. It's I just it's It's Paramount. It's so bad. Paramount pictures. It's so plain. Yes, there's Paramount. They they did get a window over the Varsity Blounds and Dante Martin. Um, before MJF yeah, basically fun. called out Chris Jericho, we still haven't seen anything from the Inner Circle since they got the uh, Molly Whopping. Molly, well, Wop- say, according to according to Tony Skiavone, you know they're hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the okay. evaluation, Tony. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we know. They okay. beat their ass. First and foremost, well, they got a boo boo. <laughs> when they when they first beat they, and they saw they were taking on the Varsity Blondes, right? I'm like, did the Varsity Blondes like ever win? No. Uh, no. Maybe on dark. I mean, maybe on... For, further evaluation from Skiavani. So how bad are the injuries? Is it like a scrape or a bruise? It's a sting. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Again, like I said, it goes back to backstage assault with me. I've never seen a move like that. What's he going to do with that? Like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um. They, they're bound to get the babyface pop when Inner Circle come back, and hopefully the rumors are true, and it leads to us finally seeing uh, Blood and Guts. Not, not that we didn't see enough Blood and Guts last week. Right. But I digress. Well, um, yeah, they, they liked their six-man tags this week. There was two back-to-back. The next one was Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. Uh, Laredo Kid's AEW debut? No, he did a... No, his Dynamite debut. Dynamite debut. That's it. Yeah. Not everybody watches Dark, all right? <laughs> I, I don't think he was on Dark. No, nah, he only did like a pay-per-view, the All-Ins, remember? Oh, uh, the Battle yeah, Royale. Yeah. It was, yeah, I think it was technically before it was AEW? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're well, right. well so, we don't really count Battle Royals. Anybody can come to a Battle Royal. I was about yeah. to say, Jinx, you owe me a soda, Moses Marquez. We said that at the same time. You son of a boy. <laughs> So, no, These are knowledgeable well, motherfuckers. Hell yeah, <laughs> love you. So when it comes to Brandon fucking Cutler, okay, like Brandon him by God the, Cutler, Brandon by God know. Cutler, I I've seen him on the Indies like meh, and then now he's with the Young Bucks because you know they're best friends and that's how they roll. So I'm just like whatever. Brandon Cutler doesn't do anything for me. It was kind of funny when Kenny Omega came out and offered the Bucks one more chance, um, and then when they walked away. Brandon Cutler just suddenly appeared and just tucked his tail between his legs, too. Oh, you know, he, like, crawls uh, out. I'm going to follow like, these guys. So like yelling at Kenny, like, you're a dickhead or whatever. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, whatever, go carry their camera. Go carry their bags. You're a dickhead. <laughs> just great. great you stuff. ruined Wednesday for us. You were. <laughs> you ruined Wednesday. I you ruined I, I was laughing that hard. The uh the hydraulics on my chair just went down and I dipped. You dipped. You dipped. <laughs> As he with the dip. So now I'm looking up at the mic. Nice. Nice. 
okay. Now, okay. Now, of course, Cody and Brandy are getting a reality series. The, oh. the Smarks are going to love this. First oh. off, my wife was like, did you hear that Brady? <laughs> like she knew before I did. <laughs> Don't watch the show. Uh, why? 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 You want to know why? You want to know why? Because they're supposed to be the new Miz and Mrs. Yeah. Oh, be quiet. All right, here's the thing. Be quiet with that. Because when you watch the Miz and Mrs., Mike the Miz Mazan is a likable son of a bitch for putting up with what Maurice. Absolutely. Absolutely. For pulling up with fucking Maurice and Marjo. But, again, like, Cody and Brandy, ugh, whatever. Like, what the fuck ever? Where are we just going to have things it better with better be just Cody acting a fucking fool. <laughs> yeah. I just, ugh, I, I don't care. What's the name of the reality show again? Roads to Oh, yeah, it's like Leading something. the Roads or something like that? Open Roads? Open, Open Roads, roads would have been better. Yeah, what the hell? Know. It's like Roads in the something. Hold on, I'm going to look this up because this I is going to... I was too busy writing down in my notes. On the roads again? Of course. <laughs> okay, here it is. So, um, Roads to the Top. That's it. That sounds really stupid. Okay. Well, here's you also got to understand, too, now with this professional wrestling nowadays, and we've discussed this, but I'd like to reiterate this point. When it comes to, like, Roads to the Top and Miz and Mrs. and Total Divas and Total Bellas, this is how a lot of guys and gals, like, get into wrestling. More girls because reality television, because they don't watch wrestling as a pure like we did. Some just watch reality television, bada-bing, bada-boom. I want to do this. Yeah, sure. I'm just saying it does happen. You know what I'm saying? Because not a lot of people watch wrestling. And then they know that they're on this reality show. And, hey, let me go watch wrestling. Hey, over here. Hey, over there. You know what I'm saying? Well, Who's on first? What's on second, third base? That's not how it worked for the Bellas. Because it's just, oh, look, the Bellas are on TV doing a reality thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't wait for this. For sure. Show. I know you that's can't hilarious. wait hilarious. It's the new Kardashians. Oh, yeah. Just as oh, talented. Wow. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> when they first came into like they were in, they tried out for the deep search they didn't make it and then they worked their butts off in developmental and then they came in 08 and then they still sucked like years and years and years later then nikki got better brie whatever and then yeah <laughs> I, no and brie, i mean brie I don't, borrowed I was, some moves off her husband and still yeah, didn't improve and she almost nah. killed morgan and friggin botched a suicide oh man that was awful damn they're kicking Liv morgan's head off yeah, that was fucking bad. Like I said, man, like, just, I understand why the Bellas are going in, but I don't like it. And again, Paige and Emma. Paige and Emma. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Tay Conti got a win over Nyla Rose. Good yeah, stuff. buddy. Nice. And then, oh, man. So after the match, Nyla attacks Tay. Sheeta attacks Nyla. Bonnie attacks mm-hmm. Sheeta. And Big Money Matt looks on as Nyla and Bunny assault both women. I I was just so confused by the segment. Like, okay, so we've got... Okay, Anna Jay's injured, but Ty Conti was kind of, like, hanging around with her and Dark Order. Yeah, and now we've got yeah. Matt Hardy, Andy and the Blade. What the hell do they have to do with anything? I just... Don't I don't want to see it, I, I, Matt Hardy? Fuck it! Like, the thing, I just I don't. I am like with Moses on this. I'm just like no, I, yeah. I, can't. I can't. The only connection, obviously, was the bunny. The bunny. Um, the bunny. But what's her issue? 
with Ty Conti. So, what? I, I, <laughs> it's it's like when like, like they split them up and Ali was like into QT Marshall and that whole crap and they were hand Yes, they were hanging around each other. Brandy and Allie were like a tag team. Then all of a sudden, like a week or two later, she's back with Butcher and Blake because reasons. Yeah, I mean, reasons. The, the only logic is that Matt is trying to get Bunny in the women's title picture because it worked out so well for Private Party with the tag team titles. There's too many goddamn bunnies. We had Bad Bunny on Monday Night Raw and we got the bunny on Wednesdays. Uh, yeah, but at least she's good looking. That is true. Yeah. And wrestling fans know who she is. Exactly. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Yep. Main event of Dynamite had Johnny Hungy in the main event. Johnny uh, Challenging Darby Allen for the TNT title. Um, absolutely awesome. Yeah. As Dark Order got involved, Sting pretty much played Enforcer. Just pacing on the ramp. Yeah, I'm the old man with the. He was like Clint Eastwood out there. I'm the old man. It reminded me of. It reminded me of like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino putting yeah, out the exactly. gun. Yep. You young boys stay in your lane. It was you great. Met, you ever met someone and you never wanted to fuck with? Like, fucking hell, dude! Darby Allen took every goddamn move Johnny ever fucking did in his entire life. Yes, he did, and it was really, really good. Ah. Uh, um. But I'm sure Moses loved the end of the show as no. Matt Hardy no. got in a cheap fuck shot on Darby. No. It looks like Matt Hardy's going after the TNT title. No. Did I say fuck no enough? Fuck no. No, not enough. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I can't, bullshit. I can't not stand that. The fucking bullshit. I can't stand this. This is ridiculous. Why? Why? Why in the love of God of all fucking geeks you pick Matt dumb shit Hardy to go after Darby Allen. Matt by God Hardy. Matt by God no, Hardy. No, not by God. He's <laughs> Matt Jackass Hardy. <laughs> well, I mean, you get to have the veteran put over the younger talent. Hopefully. What if this fucking geek wins? Yeah. And that's that's the shits. That's what that is. That's the jizzling shit. Uh, that's men and women uh, crying. You know what it is? Prince. God rest his soul. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. This is what it sounds like when Matt Hardy wins. Crying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Don't hate. Don't hate on that Prince thing. You know you love that with your wow, wow, wow. Hey, Just recognize. Pr- Prince is hey. iconic. Yes, he is. The greatest romance that's ever been sold, and it's not Matt Hardy. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, we gonna party like it's 1999 on NXT. Hold up, it is. Will Smith, Y2K. I'm sorry, Millennium. Go ahead. My fault. <laughs> Um, so, something kind of pissed me off. The Dakota Kai and Raquel got the win over Io and Zoe Stark before yes. Raquel slammed the over the announce table. But um, WWE NXT Twitter account um, played a gif of their double team move, and it was like, this is why they were the first ever NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Oh, no. Yeah, oh. but then you fucked them over an hour later. Oh, an hour no. that, that tweet would have meant so much more if they held him for a little bit longer. That was a big no-no on the NXT Twitter account. I saw that, That's too. a big no-no. Oh, no, that's a big no Who's saying all this, Jaglin? What is wrong with him? Like, you, you, you're going to make a big deal out of them being the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, but you, you screwed him over. They did. They fucked him royally. You know what they did? It's like friggin' Seth Rogen and the 40-year-old virgin. Fucked him right yeah. in the ass with a colonic. And I, and, I, and I love Ember and Shotzi, but damn. 
one hour title reign for Dakota and Raquel, really? <sighs> just Hey, we gave her the title. We couldn't say we at least gave her a title. Yeah, no, fuck that. That doesn't I count. Know. I know. <laughs> Unless the big plan is you have Raquel beat EO for the title. And, Ra- and Raquel, yes. And then Dakota is going to turn on her, and then eventually they have a nice feud, and then Dakota finally beats her for the title. And there's going to be some jealousy up in there. Hope so. Yes. Um, I mean, not because I'm not enjoying a partnership, but you can see the tension that Raquel is getting pushed over Dakota, even though Dakota's been putting in all this work. I'm going to say it, man. There's something about Raquel Gonzalez that i got to say, woo! You know what I'm saying? That, that's a that's a badass yeah. chick, you know what I'm saying? Gravitating towards it, Texas. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't hating. I'm not hating, man. I'm just saying, appreciating. Not hating, appreciating. There you go, Dazzy Dangerously. That's what life is. That's going about. on a t-shirt. Fuck yes, it is. Um, Roddy Strong tried to side with Kyle over Adam Cullen's like, oh, we got to go kick this guy's ass. But uh, Kyle, Kyle's like, yeah, there's no more us. The delivery. <laughs> the delivery. We got to kick this guy's ass. I'm sorry, but that just made me laugh. I'm like, bro, like, he said you're dead to him. We got to kick this guy's ass. like, Ronnie, <laughs> like, you're broken up. What are you doing? That should be the tagline for a takeover. We got to kick this guy's ass. We got to kick this guy's <laughs> ass. You know what it is, too? It, it shows that Roddy's holding out hope. You know, we want the band to get back Whoa. together. The under- he, he's kind of piggy in the middle. Yeah. Because nobody's got no. an issue with him. It's just Undisputed Era exploded around him. Yes. He is literally right in the middle, smack dab in the middle, squeeze in the middle, smack dab in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Not Malcolm in the middle. And he's I, right in the middle. As for Bobby Fish, he's not even there because he's injured again. Oh, I have another reference for you. The middle, Jimmy Eat World. Yes, great song. Mm-hmm. That's what Roger, that's Roger Strong. He's Jimmy Eat World. Well, we'll get to more of Roddy and Adam Cole and, uh, sorry, Kyle and Adam Cole in just a little bit. Um, but LA Knight versus Bronson oh. Reed didn't exactly go the way LA Knight planned. Sorry, LA Knight. I, I don't care. Mm. <laughs> That's all I can he, say. He's not off to like a him. great start, is he? No. I mean, when you're feuding, and I like Bronson Reed, I think he's very agile, the thick boy, if you will, from Australia. But God dang, man, like we've talked about the fact that he hasn't been around in a while. He's coming back into this feud, which has nothing to add elements to. I know this is LA Knight's first feud, but I I just, I don't see it. Every time, I I mean, I like both men as athletes, but I got to say, man, I'm very disinterested and I'm kind of like fading away from this and I just want to see something else. I'm like, can he move on to something else? Can he go for the North American title? I don't want to see him in Bronson Reed. I just I'm I I, I can't get into it, Des. Yeah, it's it's bad. And also Bronson Reed got the win. So LA Knight's second match in NXT. The first one he almost lost through distraction and the second one he just gets blocked by yeah. Bronson Reed. I, you know what it reminds me of? So when Mike Kanellis, and I know I got to use this reference because I love, I'm burning up in your love. The fact that he freaking comes in, beats um, Sami Zayn on like a SmackDown, and then freaking Sami Zayn beats him on the pay-per-view, and Mike Kanellis' second match, he loses a goddamn match, and then he just is, you know, his wife's whipping boy. But I'm just like, God dang, man. Like, you got burning up with your love. I'm getting that 80s vibes, and I'm well, loving that it. Bang, man. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. God dang. You got a problem with the God dang lawyer. <gasps> 
You son of a no, bitch. I don't have a problem. Yo, what the hell? Where, where the hell are we getting the Mike and Ellis? Oh, I was saying because L.A. Knight lost the second match, and when Mike Canellis was in there, he lost the second match to Sami Zayn. Well, you know, I I, I knew this was going to happen with L.A. Knight, so peak. Uh, mm. And if anybody mm. expected any different, dummy, yeah, yeah. <sighs> this was this was the plan. This is this guy is not anybody. They brought him in because he signed a contract. He got a, a nice little thing. They know all he is is a fucking talker. Did you really think he was going to lose to a big giant guy? No. I mean, win? No, he wasn't going to win. Yeah. Not going to happen. And he's a former Impact guy. We know how yeah, WWE loved to bury him. Well, technically uh, speaking, he wasn't their developmental system in like 2011, 2012, but who's going well, Yeah, but he made a name for himself in Impact. I know. Honestly, the only one really that's been successful as an AEW as a an Impact um, turnover is AJ Styles, and that's because you you can't bury AJ Styles. Well, they tried to, and Chris Jericho was like, "No, Vince, he's a fucking star. He's not losing a Ryback at WrestleMania." Oh, jeez. Uh, I thought it was a good idea. Stupid. No, they, they wanted me to squash AJ at WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm dumb as fuck. Like, I, that guy is just... All right, you could push this positivity bullshit on me, bro, and the fact that you got your vitamins and you got your big and all of a sudden you eat all these Rice Krispie treats and you think you're so tough and shit. Like, bro, go fuck yourself because when you were on fucking Tough Enough, you didn't do diddly squat except for the fact that you can eat like a motherfucker. And then you friggin' come back and skip Sheffield, yep, 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 what it do, and do diddly squat for me, and you're being, you know, mentored by the great <laughs> And then friggin' just fucking, oh... That dude sucks. I do not like Ryan Reeves. That that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like he thinks he's a somebody when you're nobody. I'm like, dude, like you had the thing with Punk, then you got injured, then you came back and did diddly squat. Yes, you had a feud with Cena, but you did diddly squat after that. You like he did nothing. Like really, there's just yeah, there's something just about that dude that he thinks he's something that he's really not. You know, it's like it's that inferiority complex. Yeah. Ah, never. Yeah. I I never liked him. I liked his catchphrase. But that was it. Yeah, Feed Me More was a great catchphrase. Great on merchandise and t-shirt. But other than that, he sucked. And I still remember, because I still say this to this day, when he wrestled Jack Swagger in his debut on Raw, he almost killed him off that backdrop. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> what a dude. Now, earlier this week, we uh, found out that Danny Burch, Mike, is injured. So the NXT Tag Team titles have been stripped, and if that wasn't bad enough for Oni Larkin, you then had to go on one-on-one with Cavian Cross. Poor Oni. <laughs> well, I mean, at least it was a good match of them killing each other. Yeah. Oh, agreed, but when you have a guy like Carrying Cross, Killer Cross, whatever you want to call him, and he's just those strikes, and then you got Oni, who's batshit crazy, you're in for a hell of a mix. And that's what we got. Yep. Uh, I just feel bad for Birch, because they have to now vacate the titles yeah uh, oh, well. it's it's okay for us because we're getting we're getting a pretty good match out of it for takeover and i would just like to say i was very happy that i was right because you guys were like why would tomaso champa go for the uk title hello i i still don't know why he would but i'm okay with it me too i'm just saying man uk 
represent. Here's the thing, man, that pisses me off about you, you son of a bitch, Captain. Damn it, man, we got NXT UK, and you just want to not watch it, not represent your people. You know what? It's on on. Is it Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Thursday. So I mean, I'm already wrestling out by this point. That is very true. It comes on a very bad day because we have Monday through Wednesday, and then yeah, Thursday. he ain't no goddamn Dave Belcher. You know, he ain't trying to watch twenty hours of wrestling every day. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm all for it, though. Imperium beat Champa down after he made it very, very clear he wants the NXT UK title. Uh, we have jumped forward a little bit, though, because Finn Balor came face-to-face with Karrion Cross. Absolutely zero fear. Um, they, they Somebody's going to get injured. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Every time we have, like, an intense... Um, one-on-one for the NXT title. Somebody gets injured. Balor and O'Reilly mm-hmm. nearly killed each other. Cross got injured when he won the title last time. Um, he was also... I don't know if it was kayfabe or if he really did hurt his arm a little bit this week, but he was really favoring his left arm. Which... Is that the one he tore? Yes. Yeah. So I kind of hope it's kayfabe and he's just playing it. I hope so. Um, or like you mentioned, Mike, William Regal has announced the Gauntlet Eliminator. Gauntlet so, uh, wonder where they got that idea from. Uh, <laughs> two, so there's 12 people. Um, this actually is very unique. 12 people in a battle royal. The last six will then um, enter a match based on the order they're eliminated. It's very impact booking like because like I said when they had the reverse battle royal it's very convoluted. Yeah. So the final six it comes down to, whatever order they're eliminated in is the order they enter a gauntlet match um for the for the number one contendership to face Johnny Gargano for the North American title. Which Johnny Gargano is not happy about because he's only gonna get twenty four hours notice. Oh, yeah, and then why the fuck did Wayne Barrett, like, try to, like, like defend him like that's a normal thing? <laughs> well, he didn't get any notice. Like, what the fuck you? He's like, I need tape. I need time to study. And Regal's like, you want you want some advice? Research your bloody opponents. <laughs> that was great. Tell him, Regal. Okay. Hey, here, you get to studying. Get to study. <laughs> okay, so that whole thing. Well, first and foremost, here's what's funny. Like, Johnny Gargano's playing that chicken shit heel in the whole nine. But I'm like, we're not just going to act like he's not Mr. Johnny Takeover. Yeah. That's what I mean, he told me. He's like, aren't you Johnny Takeover? Mm-hmm. He is very, very funny uh, as a chicken shit heel, though. He's great. It's, and then I... the, the chicken shit heel is something that's very overplayed. Um, for heels, but Gargano makes it so entertaining. This should be also on a t-shirt, because we were talking about a lot of t-shirt uh, designs here, Dazzy Dangerously. I will say this, any time that we see something that we like, or any time that, you know, we, we describe and so eloquently put it as chicken shit heel in their job as a performer and applying their craft, this should be on a t-shirt. Of course, Cornette. Shit Cornette says. Shit Cornette says. There you go. Uh, Ember and Shotty uh, retained the NXT Women's Tag Team titles against Aaliyah and Mercedes because, of course. Uh, but it looks like Candice and Indy are next in line. I'm for that. I'm really, really for that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with uh, 
another title change. Again, not nothing against Ember and Shotzi. Love them both, but uh, if they're going to play hot potato with these titles, then Indy and Candice definitely deserve them. I got to say, that's a lot of wiggling if they're going to be doing some hot potato, hot potato. So, yeah, man. Well, I mean, we've we got a bit of time now before the next takeover after this one, so hopefully we'll finally get a long reign. Unless, you know, Ember and Chelsea do retain. So, Jordan Devlin. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Devlin, a.k.a. Mini Balor. Had a hell of a match with Kushida. Um, and got the win, despite some interference from Legado del Fantasma. But as Kushida, Kushida went ape shit on uh, Legado, leaving Devlin and Santos a square up, which then led to Shawn Michaels making a surprise appearance to make it crystal clear that they will decide the undisputed Cruiserweight title in a ladder match. Perfect way to announce it. That's right, SummerSlam 1995. Okay, so WrestleMania 10, SummerSlam 95. Okay, I'm gonna. This man, I'm sorry, but you screaming that on SummerSlam 95. I'm like, I got thrown off by that, Moses. Anyway, there was another one at SummerSlam, Punk and Cena. I know, know, but I'm just saying, man, that just. He was very excited about that. Friggin' SummerSlam 95, Mr. Retro Rewind over there. Let it out. You know what? Because people right. only ever talk about the WrestleMania 10 ladder match, and Razor yes, and Sean's and rematch very rarely gets talked about. And it was a great rematch. It was great. Like, and people just shit, like, fucking WrestleMania 10. I'm like, no, SummerSlam 95, you fuckers. Meanwhile, Bret so- Hart's over here like, I was in the first ladder match. <laughs> we don't- <laughs> fucking grumpy Bret. <laughs> we don't care, Bret. It was my idea. We were in the ladder match. It were- did not air. Everybody's like, first ever ladder match on TV, and Brett's like, am I a fucking joke to you? <laughs> so why so serious, Brett? Like, for real. And I, and I love Brett Hart, but he just he just is over the top of his seriousness. But anyway, what I wanted to say was, I'm going to say this right now, uh, because Jordan Devlin and the reasons I don't like him, not because of his talent, uh-huh. but the, the, the reasons, yep. I'm going to go with Santos Escobar. I want Santos Escobar and Kushida. Yeah, I'm down for it. Um, and then, of course, final segment, Regal just bollocks Cole and Kyle for getting arrested last week and uh, embarrassing NXT. So, we're now... The angry dad. <laughs> ain't nothing like an angry William Regal. Uh, we're now going to get an unsanctioned match at TakeOver. Because, of course. Well, yeah. All right. Well... I really liked Kyle just, you know, sitting there, taking it all in while Adam just yelled a bunch of shit at him. Uh, And basically said the Undisputed Era has been holding him back. Well, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, to add to that, what's cool about it, too, is, like, it's an unsanctioned You mentioned Shawn Michaels, like. Triple H and Shawn Michaels SummerSlam, if it's anything like that, it's going to be fuck, fuck, well, wild. We, we've said many times, very, very close friends often have the best and most brutal matches um, mm-hmm. when it's a personal rivalry. Shawn Michaels and Triple H is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is definitely Shawn and him. Uh, I, I wonder if they can keep it going for four years, though, like Shawn and Triple H did back and forth. Right behind you. <laughs> What's great about that feud is, like, again, like, being there at SummerSlam, watching him come back in the sledgehammer to the, to the back of the Survivor Series, Armageddon, 
and then Royal Rumble 04, and then Bad Blood 04 on the Hell in a Cell. I think that was the last time they went one-on-one, right? I think so. Uh, Bad Blood's where it ended, yeah, Hell in a Cell. Yeah, Bad Blood 04, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was a better match at that Bad Blood than 03 with goddamn Kevin Nash and his Punisher haircut against Triple H with Mick Foley as the ref. Hey, we are trapped, though. We're headstrong. Headstrong, take on anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that song. I think the only other time... So many everything. Yes, it is. Correct. I think the only other trap song I remember that came out was around that time period we had 2003. And, you know, we had Trust Company and Downfalls. A lot of the stuff that really played on MTV, too. So fast forward five years later around that time period, I remember they had that song. Who's going home with you tonight? Is it real or am I part of your collection? Have you crossed the line? Who's going home with you tonight? Do you remember that, Dazarino? No. (laughs) Oh, Moses, you know that one? Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, early 2000s, though, had the I, best I'm a big theme music songs. Fan. Yeah, man. Okay. Well, that was the end of NXT. Um, it ended with Kyle and Adam Cole literally inches apart yelling in each other's faces while they were screaming and yelling and yelling and screaming. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick your ass. You're a dickhead. Oh, what? Well, you're dickhead. <laughs> you Reminds me of that was a little toxicity. It sounded like System of a Down the way they were screaming. Wake up, grab a brush and put a little makeup. That's got to be with the Screaming at each other. But I'm I'm excited for it. Like 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 how you guys were saying, it's total Sean and Trips. So I'm they're gonna bring the they're gonna bring the best out in each other. Yeah. And what somebody gonna die? What the hell was that jujitsu gym? Kyle Riley was in. It was like you. Walk through the door and you're instantly on the mat. What the fuck? That's jujitsu. That's the art form of jujitsu. That enough. is jujitsu, bud. You walk in, there is enough room for you to take your goddamn shoes off. But there wasn't even enough room should. for that. I I was yelling. I was screaming at my monitors. How dare you, Adam Cole, you disrespectful son of a bitch. <laughs> like, you take your shoes off. What an asshole. Who wears shoes on a mat? Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> uh, well, thank you everybody for tuning in. This is the Max Rossing Podcast. Remember to like and follow Max Rossing on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as Andre Corbeil's channel and follow us at Max Rossing UK on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and CastBox. Cast and special episodes also on anchor.fm and above all else go check it out at macdressing.net follow us on social media at the captain 512 at mcl92 he will be back very soon at walker underscore ta92 and at smrpodnet before we tap out and bid you adieu it is time for to it's time for a reminder that Twitch makes Vince's dick itch, and everyone on Anchor thinks he's a wanker, including Moses Marquez. Goddamn right. So as he said, SMR Podnet, everywhere possible, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, twitch.tv forward slash bigmo2425. The journey from console to PC is the hardest thing I've ever done in my <laughs> entire life. Jesus. You know, how many, you know how often I push the wrong button? It's like, it's like, imagine yourself, like, driving a spaceship, okay? And everything's going smooth, right? You're flying. All of a sudden, you push the wrong button, you get shot in the face! 
sucks. It's the worst. But I'm hilarious on this commentary, so you got to check it out. I stream every Monday, Wednesday, Friday right now. Um, there's an official schedule that I will, I guess, release now. Where's my phone so I can get the actual first date? Of, I think the actual first day of April is a weekend. Is that right? Hold on, I'm looking right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a weekend, the first day in April. Yeah, man. Uh, no, here we go. So it would be the 5th. So starting April the 5th. Okay. Which is a great day to start, by the way. So starting April the 5th, my official Twitch stream schedule goes as follows. Mondays are Retro Mondays that will go inside with Retro Rewind. I will be playing N64 and or PS2 games. Nice. Depend either wrestling. It's going to like vary. It's going to be uh, Tony Hawk's been like the most requested. There's been some wrestling. I think what was another one? Uh, uh, uh not the uh, the, the uh, goddamn crashy one with the clown head. Not crying. Anyway, uh, I don't know. No, anyway, uh, Twisted Metal. That's what it's called. All right. That's been recommended. Um, and then Wednesdays, I'm going to be playing Valorant, which is another first-person shooter, a little on the cartoony side. And then Fridays. Are for you crazy hardcore fuckers that just want to hear me screaming, yell, I will be playing Call of Duty, uh, whatever the hell the new one is, Cold War. All right. You know, you know WWE had a version of Twisted Metal? It was called Crush Hour. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I got to find it. Um, Mike, who you been talking to? Okay, so LFC 30, excuse me, 31, uh, we can't do was this past Tuesday with the main event of Selena De La Renta beating Katie Forbes, thank God, for the LFC Booty Camp Championship. And we had a lot of debuts, and it was fun. It came from the FSW Hall, Future Stars of Wrestling, which saw a lot of talent, such as Karrion Cross, uh, Eli Drake, now LA Knight, and many talents come out of that, including Chris Bay, who was on Impact Wrestling doing his thing. That's the way, Chris Bay. Um, yeah, man, it was a great show from top to bottom. Check it out. Check it out on LaundryFC.com and check out the official weigh-ins beforehand. It was very intense. It was very cool and very sexy at the at all in one. So yeah, LFC podcast. Latest episode featured LFC CEO Sean Donnelly previewing the event with me and talking about the bouts and everything that's encompassed with the upcoming LFC events that are supposed to happen in June and August. Going back to Sturgis for South Dakota Motorcycle Rally Bay V. And you can also check out my latest interview with Daisy Page. She's a Sessions wrestler. She's a gamer. She's just a whole of a sweet person. And it was a lot of fun talking with her about that. And, of course, SM Show 1, MCL92, StephenMikeShow.com, SoundCloud.com, slash MCLarkin92. I have a couple things on my YouTube channel, Mike Larkin. Just type it in. And, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. And also you can find me on the Max Wrestling Podcast with my brethren, the Max Wrestling Four Horsemen, Dazzy Dangerously, Mike Larkin, Travis the Walker Anderson, Moses Marquez, and Daz and I just did the picks, which will be going out as well very soon. We got mad. We're about to get mad in our part two, and we do that talk about originals and remakes because there's a whole lot of shiz in it, Des. Dig it. Dig it. And yeah. join us next week. Next week for the last stop before promo mania. Um, I, also, I just remembered um, before they changed the date for WrestleMania, this would have been promo mania this week. Um, yes, it would have been. Oh, shit. But next week just happens to be them. episode 316. Yeah. You can already hear the glass smash. But, uh, yeah, you make what you want, you best. <laughs> but we're going to leave you this week with another promo. Um, the cinematic showdown is about more than the promo in the World Championships. It's the first ever competitive bout of any kind between myself and the Phoenix and we started this journey 
six years ago this week. So I just have a few last words for him. So on that note, that's the bottom line. Goodbye. Mwah, and good night. Bang. Billy Mount Bathers, watch Promo Mania. What? That's right, Promo Mania. I'm coming for the Iron Bank and your crown, Money Lives. Space Mountain, big money. We're 16 days away from Promo Mania, and for the first time ever, I'm going one-on-one -on -one with my own flesh and blood. Phoenix and I started this journey six years ago, so why now? Why am I prepared to take him on now? Because what better time? I have watched him scratch and claw more than anyone to achieve his goals, and in the last 12 months, he has become a three-time knowledge champion and finally the promo champion. He is on top of the mountain right now, and he's on top of his game. Now, when I made this challenge last summer, I had no idea any of this was going to happen. Back then, I was the main eventer, and I wanted to give him a marquee spot. One-on-one -on -one with the shape. But now, I have nothing to offer him. Except this, the World Championship. But maybe I've grown quite attached to it. Maybe I finally have something to defend. And somehow I've ended up facing the promo champion. So now maybe I have something to fight for. This is title for title. This is blood versus blood. But this will be unlike anything you have ever seen before on Max Wrestling. The cinematic showdown will change the game. This time last year, The Shape changed the game by introducing the promo exhibition with Mike Larkin and Promo Mania. This year, the game changes again. But Phoenix, The Shape has survived Larkin, The Demoness, The Walker, El Jefe, Maybe you have to go to a dark place to keep your gold. You see, the shape has never competed for titles before. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what he's willing to do. And maybe that scares me a little bit. Because the stakes in the match are now higher than I ever expected them to be. So with the stakes that high, I'm not bringing this. I'm bringing this we have the chance to make history but at what cost